Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to Episode 7 of Season 11. It's 7-11. I I was going to do the same thing. Fonder walks in with a bag over his head. Very nice. I don't know what you're and, about. This, and this. he's changed his name to Anonymous Blues Fan. Anonymous Blues Fan. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's no Jeff here. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just uh, here the, to participate in the show. Should be the unknown Blues Fan. Like the, it's the unknown comic, right? The bag over his head uh, on the, the gong show? Was that right? Remember the... I, for those of you familiar with the gong show, a comic would come out with a bag over his head. I think it was called the unknown comic. Maybe it goes back too far. Oh my God, guys. Matt Carpenter is in the Facebook chat. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Man, what a run you had this year. Yeah, too bad about too bad about that injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode number 383 all-time of the often imitated, never duplicated. Just like the Midwest Hemorrhoid Treatment Center suggests, we will not suffer in silence. We're the original <laughs> St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. <laughs> Tonight, we're addressing Blues Nation on... Uh, Eight losses in a row. Um, almost at a loss for words. Uh, special thanks to RockinThatIDLife.com, Realtor Mike Burgoyne at StrikeWithMike.com, and CenterIceBrewery.com for all proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them all out. Also check out our online shop at Let'sGoBlues.com for the best blues-themed T-shirts at a fair price. It's Wednesday, November 9th, and we're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with our show on social media. Our handle is on the socials, as is at LGB Radio. Just do a search for us, you will find us. And if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a T-shirt, or do whatever you want to do to help us out. We appreciate it. I'm Kurt Price. My co-hosts for the big show tonight are Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. And the, nope. And the Anonymous Blues fan. Sorry. Sorry. Nope. The, nope. I'm not here. The agenda for tonight includes discussion about the Blues having lost eight straight regulation games for the first time ever, ever, ever in Blues history, eight straight regulation losses. So uh, the meat of the show will be spent discussing 
that mess. You guys ready to dive into this? No. <laughs> Fun show? Not really. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, before we get to that, Jeff, you said you have an announcement with the Ponder Cup. Yes. Uh, can we just talk about the Ponder Cup instead of any blues stuff? Yeah, you, know, mean, you guys are cool with that. If right? the losing streak is still going on by the time the cup is o- the tournament's over, we'll just talk about <clears throat> the Ponder Cup. Yeah. Can you imagine? I, I mean, I hope. I, that can't be the case, but... Oh, well, yeah, it's going to be now. Well, you know, oh. we got San Jose on Thursday, <laughs> which, and then what? And then uh, 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 Vegas and Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, if we don't beat San Jose. I'm a little concerned. I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Uh, my best my best friend, uh, former guest host of the show, Justin Wilson. Uh, he's actually a Sharks fan, so I'll be going with him. Um, and he even said, he was like, man, this is, this is brutal for me. Like, I'm not like, obviously the sharks suck too, but he's like, I I want to see the blues win. Like they need to win a damn game. Like even the sharks fans, like giving us mercy here. I bet you, you can buy tickets about a half an hour before the game starts for dirt cheap blues against the sharks a while ago. Both teams suck. Mm-hmm. I bet you. I bet you. If I, I bet you, if I got like an hour before the game started, if I went online, I get them for cheap. Probably. Hmm. But why uh, so would yeah, you want to? That's good. That's, yeah. You know, my daughter likes to go. We take her. Glutton for She's punishment, like, apparently. <laughs> uh, so the the Ponder Cup. Uh, Jason Miller here is in the chat. By the way, uh, Jason recovering from his hip replacement surgery. Uh, went and saw him on Sunday and. Uh, looking good. He's walking around the house. He, it's funny because he answered the door with no walker. And I was like, whoa, like big progress. And he's like, don't worry. I only go about four feet away from it. Mm-hmm. Like can't can't go too far. So, but no, he's uh, he's doing good. He's does, on the road to recovery. Does he have tennis balls in the bottom of the walker? He does. I, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> he he's needs, in the chat. He can answer. He needs, I would so have tennis balls in the bottom of my walker if I had a walker. You got to have tennis balls. I have no idea. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt's um, going full elderly woman. You know, they on on SAUE's campus they have a huge walker, uh, like an art thing. Uh, it's just like it's like fifty feet tall. Okay, and they missed the boat. They did not put tennis balls on the bottom of the. That made it. Anyway, that, that would have been better. No tennis balls. Big miss by me, he says. <laughs> uh, but hey, speaking of Jason Miller, uh, if you want to come down to the Ponder Cup next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, next Saturday. Jason will be there. It'll be his first big event, uh, leaving the house after his surgery. He'll be keeping score for us. Uh, but, you know, more importantly, come watch some bad hockey. Uh, we got some. We got six uh, six teams facing off. Uh, be picking teams next week. And, uh, yeah, just some fun, fun uh, activities for roller hockey. Keep in mind, too, we've got the great raffle going. So, right now, uh, there's a lot of great prizes, but... I'll keep it short for the hockey fans listening. Uh, Bill knows, so I know Bill's excited. Uh, we have a Patrick Waugh Montreal Canadiens jersey uh, that'll be getting raffled off. Is their old, I guess it would be the away red, uh, because that's how, what they wore back then. And, uh, and then also we'll also have a, um, I believe it's a Braden Shen uh, Winter Classic jersey. So uh, some really cool stuff. Future that, uh, captain Braden off. Shen. Probably, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's um, – oh, what do we got here? Oh, oh, I see it. I already know what he has. What is this? It's oh! one of these. It's one of these. That's, that's a beautiful uh, – Derek yeah. Roy, very nice. 
Terry yeah. Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's holding up a Patrick Waugh jersey, Montreal yep. era. Yeah. Yes, I got this when I was 13 years old. Oh, wow. so how? Yeah. What size is it? Um, big dog at this point. The, the I put it on the dogs every once in a while. <laughs> it is way too small for me. I was gonna say you need to update that. Come get, uh, come win the uh, the new wall one. That is my plan. There you go. So November nineteenth. Uh, again, we have twelve spots open for anybody who'd want to play. Uh, we've had people show up literally who have never played hockey before. They just want to participate, give money to the charity, be a part of the event. That is more than okay. If you've played for a million years, you can come play too. So skill level varies between everybody. Uh, so come on out, have fun. Uh, more information on this, check out dropinstl.com. Again, that's dropinstl.com, all one word. And uh, sign up or just see what raffle items we have, and hopefully we'll see you on November 19th. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to try and make it, and I'll bring a couple tennis balls for Jason. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was, I was just thinking that um, one of my dogs just – tour two holes in tennis balls so they're ready they're ready to go on the bottom of a walker <laughs> they know jason needs them they're a walker yeah. ready smart dogs yes <laughs> oh walker there's a walker texas ranger joke in there somewhere i don't somewhere. know what it is but it's there well, uh, that's a long comment there from jason miller but we'll go ahead and display you buddy uh, also, I'll, I guess we can read it yeah, for our podcast yeah. audience. Uh, <laughs> please make me feel better. Sorry, I forgot not everybody watches. Uh, please make me feel better. Help me believe that this team isn't already done. I need some reason to be optimistic. I don't like when people say, well, they did it in 2019 because that's not happening again. That will actually be a discussion topic for us later. Yep. But Jason, I'll just say this right now. I feel you. Uh, official beers of episode number 383. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is CPrice12. Jeff says Ponder 94 Bill's is Billy Blue Note 33 All right, Bill. What you got? All right. I am going with the high ABV stuff this week because I need it. I have the French Toast Bastard. Is that the, the $10 four-pack? The ten dollar four pack. That's you awesome. can't get regular <laughs> bastard for fifteen bucks here. So, getting the French toast bastard. That was just a, that's not. A, that's funny. You just, you yeah. can't get regular bastard for ten dollars. Nope. It just sounds funny. Cannot, but uh, yeah, um, a um, it's from from my favorite outside of St. Louis brewery, Founders, out of Grand Rapids. Uh, it's their. Um, Backwoods Bastard Scotch Ale, bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel aged Scotch Ale with uh, vanilla, cinnamon, and maple. So very, very French toasty. Um, Kurt brought back a, a growler of this, yep. um, and it was it was tasty, and was looking forward to it coming out in bottles. And here we are. Uh, Adam Gold, uh, winning unlimited, says uh, O'Fallon Pumpkin. That's his beer of the show. With a they made me drink LGB radio shirt, very nice. That's uh, probably a top seller right now, right? You would <laughs> no, think so. Blue shop. You would think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, uh, yeah. They it for those that haven't seen it, let's go blues dot com slash shop. Uh, there's a great shirt. Uh, they make me drink. It's the blues logo with a beer bottle on it. It's uh, very, very well designed by 
a, pan, a, a member of this panel. That's Good job, a, Bill. Very talented member of this panel. No, mm -hmm. I, I do. I do what I can. Um, mm -hmm. Happy to be here. Hope I can help the team. <laughs> <laughs> Take it one game at a time. Uh, um, you, Jeff. Go ahead. Yeah, my beer is. Uh, again, we can see how dark it is. We always show the can, but uh, this is, uh, and this is out of my Harry Potter mug that I got from uh, Universal. Uh, this is the peanut butter chocolate milk stout. Uh, absence of light. Again. I did go to more places this time. Did not find Fat Elvis oh, anywhere. That sucks. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, I may be out of luck on that. I, I guess the day they release it, I just need to head down to Four Hands and make sure I buy a bunch. Yeah, that what was... you could do. What you could do is, I don't know, open one up, pour it in, pour it into a, a glass, and cut up some bananas and yeah. put them in there, there you and go. then I strain actually... it out. I actually thought about doing that. I've got some old bananas that uh, I was going to make a smoothie of, but the wife told me earlier she was going to make banana bread, which is uh, oh. a-okay with me. Oh. But I was like, I could take those bananas tonight and mix them with my chocolate milk stout and make myself a fat Elvis. You ever uh, throw little chocolate chips in the banana bread? Uh, yeah, actually, I have. It's very good. Dark chocolate. Good. Yeah, I throw some dark chocolate chips in that banana bread, and that is delicious. Yeah. I'll add, by the way, I do have one more drink tonight. Uh, I am right now rocking that ID life. I had a very, very busy day. As you can see, I'm still wearing my work clothes. Uh, just a very long day. So I decided, you know what? Let's get some orange uh, energy from rocking that ID life. Guys, I tell you what, this is one of the new flavors here. I know you guys haven't tried it yet. If you come to the tournament, I'll have some for you to try. Uh, this, I was not going to order it because orange drink mixes I normally do not like. But Dustin talked me into it. I ordered it, and he's like, "Dude, you got to try it." it you know what it tastes like? Tang. Oh. Remember Tang? Yeah, yeah. It tastes exactly like Tang, and so I ordered it. I that was the first thing I opened up. I was like, "I got to try it now," and I love it. It might be my favorite flavor now. It's fantastic. Common misconception about Tang is that it was developed for the uh, for NASA. That is not true, but NASA did use it. Hmm. There you go. I was going to ask, that would it would it make me a better astronaut? Hmm. Probably not. The you know, but don't underestimate Bill. Uh, my beer. Let's see. De you know, desperate times with this team calls for desperate measures. So to end this losing streak for the first time ever on this show, my beer of the show. Is the one, the only, oh, stag oh. beer, sporting the old, the original logo, which they went back to. Thank God. And uh, yeah, originally from uh, Belleville, Illinois, stag beer. Originally one of the f uh, original sponsors of the St. Louis Blues beer sponsor. So, that is a very nice beer to have tonight, yeah, sir. Hopefully that breaks the losing streak. This right here guarantees the Blues beat the Sharks. Tomorrow night. Oh, guaranteed. Is is Puck Guy fourteen listening? Because that's an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Well, um, you know, based on the way both teams are playing, I'm not sure how well or how how confident one would be in you know arguing that someone's going to win this game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I, I because of this beer right now, right here, right now, the Blues will win tomorrow night. You've heard it here first, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And, and wow. it's not going to be close. It's the, this scoring drought they've had. They're going to explode all over. Okay, they're going to. We explode need assurances here. What are you going to? What are you going to do? Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> they're going to explode the sharks like seventies like porn. Jaws. <laughs> like like seventies porn. They're going to explode oh, all over. Oh, 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 good lord! <laughs> I was trying to keep wow. it a family show. <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> Um, uh, what's the assurance here, Kurt? If you're making this claim, you have to, if they don't do it, you have to do something. If they're making a pretty bold claim here. Um, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Um, I don't know. You have to drink a full gallon of chocolate milk in one minute. Good Lord. Chocolate milk. (laughs) It's impossible. You can't be done. Um, I don't know. If if Puck Guy's listening, we can do, we can do something with the shows. Um, that'd be kind of. We could, we could lose another bet for a show intro <laughs> again. <laughs> I'll say you want to make that bet right now. I, I do I'll, not. I'll do. I, I mean, I'll do. I'll do whatever if if Puck Guy's listening, which he might later. Say he tends say to join. He usually in. tunes in later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're a couple hours behind us. So. Yeah. But I don't know. Any suggestions in the uh, from you folks listening? If anything's I could do for as a wager or as a guarantee, let me know. We'll see. Yeah, there you go. How about that? We'll leave it to the YouTube and Facebook chats here. We've got plenty going here. Uh, Here we go. Jason Miller. If the Blues lose, Kurt – actually, I'll pull this up. If the Blues lose, Kurt drinks an entire gallon of chocolate milk during the next show. Okay, yeah. No, no, I said it in one minute. Yeah, that's a good one. The next show, that's your drink. That's your drink of the episode. You have to drink a full gallon throughout the episode. Let's do a half gallon. I can't – you can't Mm. drink a gallon. I'd throw I think up. You might be able to. I'd throw I throw up. Why chocolate to milk too? Why chocolate milk? What's the? I mean, <laughs> I don't. don't I love chocolate milk. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm a I'm a 13 year old kid at heart. But uh, what's with the chocolate milk? I don't know. I think it's a great choice. Uh, I, I, I love it. I, Jason Jason says I could do it. I I believe him. Actually, a I've seen that man. <laughs> I've seen that man put back chocolate milk. Uh, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's the leading candidate. If there's something better comes along, we'll look at it. But yeah, not a gallon, not a gallon. I can't. YouTube. I can't. I mean, I want to. I don't want to throw up on the show. Uh, okay, uh, how about you have to? You have okay. We'll we'll workshop it. But right. you have to have a full gallon by your side, and and Bill and I can be like, you got to fill that glass, Kurt. Take another drink. Take another drink. <laughs> if you It'll don't be, get through uh, the whole thing, it's okay. Uh, right. <laughs> We'll we'll make it a drinking game. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. I will. All right. That's the leading candidate. But we'll leave it up to you, Facebook and YouTube. You guys, you guys are pretty good at this stuff. Come up with something that Kurt has to do if the Blues don't destroy the Sharks tomorrow. Well, wi- I mean, win. You just want to say win? Okay. Well, win. Because then Blues we're getting win. then we're getting into you know by how much and everything. So it's. I mean, but they will. Well, you said you said they're going to explode all over their faces. <laughs> they, That's they like 15 are, goals, they, right? They are. <laughs> they are. It's going to be one of those things where they haven't scored much of anything in the last eight games, and they get like five or six tomorrow. It's going to be a ketchup bottle, right? You, you, you tap <laughs> you, on the back right. of the ketchup and bottle, just, uh, and finally it all it, just starts right. flowing out. It just, uh, it just comes out all over the place. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, my hot dog's ruined. Yeah, my wife hates when that happens. Which uh, go to commercial? Apparently, there's a there's a, <laughs> I mean, ketchup on a hot dog is apparently like taboo with some people. That's like a controversy, is it not? Uh, Chicago people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, growing you do up, not put you do not put ketchup on hot dogs in Chicago. 
Well, a Chicago dog I could understand. There's all kinds of other stuff on it, but just a regular hot dog with like ketchup mustard, that's always been a thing for I, – I don't like – I'm not a ketchup guy myself, but I've seen tons of people do it. Or a gallon of beer of your choice. What's with a gallon? <laughs> that's, an, that's a – I could – it's funny because I'd, I'd be going to the bathroom every five minutes. All right. This is going to be interesting. They better win tomorrow. <laughs> whatever this, whatever the bet is. is, you make that crazy claim. It's like you have to have an assurance. It's not a crazy claim. You're wrong. To, you got to do something to, to finally win a hockey game against a bad team. That's not a crazy claim. Finally, win a hockey game against a bad team when you're the worst team in the league. Yes, that is a crazy claim. On the worst streak, but the Sharks are technically well. They have a better winning percentage, but we'll see. We're three points behind the Sharks with okay. three fewer games played. We're right at the same level there. Now you're you're arguing semantics now. Semantics, right? all right uh buckle up because after the break we'll get into this mess that is the st louis blues right now right after this word from id life every beer league hockey night i grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car and the very next thing i do i mix up a boost of energy courtesy of rocking that it's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways which helps me get through all three periods of hockey phase one provides a rapid onset of energy concentration alertness and motivation by period two i'm receiving a dose of sustained energy increased focus metabolism cognitive function performance and feelings of well-being which i need with the way i play in phase three i'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts this same triphasic approach helps me when i drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when i need it try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com but make sure to email dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him let's go blues radio sent you to receive an additional 10 percent off your order that's rockin that idlife.com I just want to say I know you guys are probably watching the uh, Anaheim and Minnesota game they showed the uh, clip of uh, Kaprizov and Doughty you see that I fucking hate Drew Doughty can't stand that man can't stand him can't stand you what's your problem with with, uh, Drew Doughty he's a dick I mean you know he's a he's a cocky uh Asshole, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's just a he's a dick. I don't like him. He does shit doesn't yeah. have to do. I I I like the um, I don't like him, um, and you know I I, I find it comical the uh, rivalry that he's got going with Matthew Kachuk. Mm. Mm. So that uh, that that, uh, that Kachuk suspension, yeah, that was uh, mm, I don't know, tough to take. I didn't like it. Well, Kaprizov kind of they got into a little jousting match and uh, kind of Kaprizov chopped him with a stick and got kicked out of the game. I guess it was. I didn't see that, but they just I had the volume down. And then uh, Dowdy's like like waving him off the ice. It's like yeah, asshole. Anyway, St. Louis Blues, losers, bluesers of eight straight. What the hell? Uh, I, I and it's I'm beyond outrage and I'm just like in shock. I, I'm like. When when last night's game happened, and you know it's 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 the Blues are I thought the Blues are playing fairly well last night. You know the, it, was, it was a good game, uh, and then it just kind of the it, the end of the second period happened, and I'm like, what's going on? And we're down three nothing, and it's like, 
how did we get here so fast? I don't. I mean, we've we've eight straight losses, three eight no record, eight losses in the first eleven games ties a franchise record for the worst. Uh, what eight losses? Yeah, eight losses in the first eleven games ties the worst start with the seventy seven seventy eight team, and they went one eight and two back in the day of ties. I don't. I mean, the expectations for this team were a solid playoff team, right? Some were picking them, you know, up higher in the division. But as of today, the St. Louis Blues are tied for last overall in the NHL in points. I, I don't, um, and it's, and I'm not going to come on here and pretend to have solutions to this because, you know, Berube doesn't have solutions to it. O'Reilly doesn't have solutions for it. They're just like, got to work through it. Got to work through it. Got to keep plugging away. And I'm like, there's, it's 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 dumbfounding to me how a team that led the Western Conference in goals scored last season, more than Colorado, is now the lowest scoring team in the NHL. With everybody back, except for one guy, except for Perron. Every, all the key guys were back from last season. So that just, but, it, it doesn't make... But David Perron, Kurt. That's what I said. It's except David Perron. Greatest player <sighs> ever. You know, clearly, clearly this team is completely slumping because of one of their 20 goal scorers from last year did not return. Yeah, and they were the deepest forward group in the NHL last season. And so they lost a – they didn't lose in a – okay, I I love David Perron. I'm not going to – I'm not trying to rip him down here, but I'm just trying to put things into perspective and a little little bit of a realistic take on this. You know, he didn't score 60 goals last season. He scored 27. He was one of the, he was one of a number of Blues forwards that had twenty plus goals. He was a key component on the power play. Most of his goals, I think eleven of them, uh, almost half, uh, were on the power play. So he was a he was a power play uh, specialist, which would help this season. Not going to lie on the power play, but I mean, top to bottom, this team is just out of sync. Nothing's clicking. Uh, well, and Dave at least consistently. Did nothing for the defense, and the defense is, you know, I mean, this is a very common phrase that needs to be said because there's a lot of people who don't seem to understand that David Perron, yes, like you said, fine player, had a great year last year, been a great blue over his tenure, his three tenures with the team, but... He didn't. He did nothing for the defense. He's, you know, yeah. He backchecked. He was a, you know, pretty solid team guy in that sense. But he wasn't the one making these like spectacular defensive plays. It was like, whoa, Selkie finalist David Perron. Like the one guy does not completely change the entire complexion of a team. And the Blues, we've all we bitched about the defense for years now especially the last couple weeks but they don't look like an nhl defense they look like a team who's never been coached and just is trying to just read where the puck goes and clear it to center I david think... it, it did nothing with him leaving to to hurt the defense that's a whole other story well, the, the thing with with Perron leaving, right? I I think the the part that um, I don't think gets enough attention is how how close 
he and O'Reilly were and how yeah. effective they were together. And him leaving has been a major detriment to O'Reilly. I, I think, you know, if you're, if you want to look at one thing that's, you know, that has really let this team down, it's, it's Ryan O'Reilly, right? He's, he's our captain. Um, yeah, he got the goal last night, but you know, he's a Selkie finalist most years and he's, you know, he's just got some of the worst numbers on the team. Minus what? He's minus 13? Minus 11? I think he's at, I think he's at minus 4,000 now. <laughs> right. It's He's he's closing in on Eric Brewer, right? So um, just I, I think that that loss, that, you know, Perron's loss, it really kind of has set O'Reilly adrift in terms of, you know, trying to find chemistry with the, you know, whoever he's going to be playing with. Um, you know, he's less certain about his assignment. Um, doesn't, you know, doesn't know that he always has an outlet pass at a certain place, right? That that's, that's a big impact, but you know, to your guys point, this, the team's overall defense and the defensive core, there is no chemistry. There's no chemistry. There's no trust in there. The second something goes wrong, they all stop. I think I here. Okay. So obviously the offense is at a franchise low, you know, they, they're, they've, what they tied the expansion team, 67, 68 blues for the least amount of goals scored over the first uh, 11 games of the season. Um, so that is, I think that is the, I think that is the catalyst for everything else. I think the offense has far less ozone time, far less chance after chance. They're more one and done. Um, they're not doing a good job in the offensive zone as far as holding the puck in, as far as cycling, as far as getting chance after chance. Uh, and then, so the other team comes down. We're getting outshot severely in a lot of these games. The other team comes down, and I think that's exposing the defense for what they are. I think if the offense were to be running at a clip close to last season, then I think that would mask the problems we're having on defense because one would be scoring more goals, and two, we'd have the puck more. So I think the defense is what we thought it was, but it's just being exposed because of the offense's lack of their their ability of to not generate anything. And I think I'll, that, that I'll exposes argue, our defense even more. I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but I will argue that I think the defense still has played a lot poorer I agree. than we were I, expecting. I think they've had I think I, I you think, know why you know why I think be... because there's been more chances for them to fuck up. And I think they're just fucking right, up more. Right. But I think that they also just have zero confidence. And there's going to be times where your offense sucks. They just don't have it that night, and you expect your defense to step up and play well. Um, I'm thinking back, uh, was that? Yeah, it was last year um, with all the COVID issues the Blues had, and they started having injuries, and they were calling up all these young kids. That was when Walker, I think, got his first call up. Um, to me, if, if you watch some of those games, if you go back and watch those games, <clears throat> excuse me. The offense was still clicking, but it wasn't like 
they had this extreme amount of zone time. It was the defense, and this was before Letty, the defense was stepping up, taking their man. Uh, The goaltending was playing phenomenal. Let's not forget that either. But, like, the defense to me was stepping up and playing better, clearing the zone better, giving the, the forwards a chance to break in. And and so I think that there to your extent to, to your point, you're right. There's more chances now for them to fuck up because the offense isn't doing their job. But I still think that they're not playing at a level, especially when you look at the salaries of these guys, they are not playing at the level they need to be playing. And I think this goes back to what I said last week. All you can do with this defense right now is fire your defensive coach. And I think that is literally the only move you can do right now to improve that defense. I agree with that. I, I mean, I'm 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 uh, on board with that. And there's and there's a bunch of different ways you can take this. Um, last night, uh, speaking of goaltending, Grice was in net for St. Louis, um, and uh, the box score has him not looking very good. I thought he played pretty good in this game. Kept losing it for a while, as long as he could. Um, and eventually, is that not a microcosm of the season, though? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what we've seen yeah. every game. It's yeah, crazy. And and, and the goaltender. You look has... at the box score, and, yeah. and even even the advanced stats will yeah. say the goalie didn't look good. But well, there it's were... not the goaltending. No, and the one goal I thought he really should have had. Obviously, that last one was meaningless. It didn't mean... the game was over. Um, didn't really matter. Uh, maybe he has was that second goal right? The uh, cross the grain wrist shot. Um, that uh, beat him on the uh, power play. E- yes, cross the grain uh, blocker across the middle. Yeah, shot back across the grain, wrist shot. Connect me. Yes, I believe so. I I was going to say that, and I for my mind went to Coivisto. I was like, oh, that was a goal that Coivisto scored. <laughs> oh, wow. oh wait, <laughs> yeah. number six in the program, there. number six in your heart. <laughs> I mean, you'd like to see him make that save, I guess, um, but. Uh, you know, it is it is what it is. I think uh, uh, the 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 angriest I got last night, which was not at a high level, because like like I said, I'm at a point now where I'm just like in shock. But the worst play the Blues made made last night was I think Pareko's, uh turnover at the end of the second period. Uh, they scored with three seconds to yes. go. That was a god six seconds to go. What are you doing? You're, you're. Are you gonna? You think you're, you're gonna score a goal? If you, if you, I mean, what are you doing? You, you kill it, or or you're going. I don't know. You're going three. You're going to the third period down two zero. That still sucks, but that you still have hope. Like, okay, guys, let's come out and get one quick, yep. and we're only down by one, and we got plenty of time to tie this game up. You go into the third period down by three after allowing a shit goal right at the end of the period. That drains you completely. You're walking into the locker room with your head down. And that was you can do about it. And that it, was right after. Awful. That was right after Grice made that great save on that one timer sliding across uh, left pad save, labeled uh, uh, near post. Um, like 30 seconds before that, he made that great save, and they they come back and score right then on that terrible turnover. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! And it's just like I laughed. I'm like, this is, I mean. They're they're in the game, you know, and then they just can't score and they can't score and they can't score. And then the other team finally breaks through, right? And then they, they get a second one and they get a third one and the game's over. And it's like you just like if I who who 
knows? You get a goal, you get momentum, things happen. Uh, the offense is just not doing it. They're just they they can't. The way that my the way that my hockey mind works was so I had, I had a game myself last night. It was at nine fifteen and about thirty minutes away, and so you know I'm going in. Let's say fifteen seconds left in the second period, and I'm kind of thinking, "Damn, this sucks!" Like by the time the third period starts, I'm gonna have to get up and I'm gonna have to listen to the rest of the. I'm gonna have to listen to the third in the car. I was like, that sucks. I, I really want to watch this game. They're playing well. The minute that third goal goes in, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I'm leaving. <laughs> it's over. Like, I, I don't want to watch the third because of that. That that killed all the momentum I had for this team going into the third period. Because they had chances. I mean, they had chances. So you're thinking, okay, I mean, if they can just just hold the fort, they get, they get one in, then you get some momentum. But they, they, I, this team has had a problem with – getting momentum they they'll play yes. well you know but they just can't break through and and i what uh one of the games against montreal right they had a two goal lead two nothing was that a three to one lead something like that uh three one three to yeah, one one yeah so that that should have been the game where they had the momentum you know step on the throat and take them out All right what, how, what was Armstrong's quote stick the stick the knife in the eye Plus, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know a lot of people hate me for saying this. Plus, you're playing fucking Jake fucking Allen on the other team. Yep. You know that guy can crumble at any minute. You have a 3-1 lead on that guy. That's where exactly what you just said, Kurt. That's where you jab the needle in the eye and you say, <laughs> go after this fucking goalie because you know he will give up goals in bunches. And that just didn't happen. Mm. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, Jake Allen is—he's uh, matured since he left here. He's—he's he's not the same guy he was yet. He's you know, still prone to give up a few, but he's—he's uh, he's been pretty solid for Montreal this year. He's had some some really good okay, performances. Well then, let me let me reword to not hate on Jake Allen so much. You probably have a little bit more of a book on Jake Allen than most other teams do. So again, you're up three one. You find a way to score another one, go up four one, and really take Montreal out of the game. It just never happened. So O'Reilly scores in the third. So thinking, okay, so we finally got one, three to one. Let's see what happens. And right after, like a minute after, Sedlak scores for Philly to go back up by three. And you're like, what is going on? Bertuzzo, okay, for on this goal, this was another goal where. A, uh, a forward gets behind the D and, uh, you know, people lose or lose their uh, responsibilities behind the net, behind the goal or in front of the crease. So Bertuzzo and Mikola were on the ice for this goal. Mikola gets sucked up out high uh, covering the point man who the puck carrier, which, and then, so Thomas covers for him. So it's Thomas and Bertuzzo down low. And for whatever reason, puck goes to the point and, both Bertuzzo and Thomas are off to the side of the net. Uh, they're getting back in front, but it's slow. And the the pass comes, and it, it's to the guy, to Sedlak, at the, at the right of the goal, who's open because Bertuzzo and Thomas were, I guess it was Bertuzzo's guy, get slow getting back in front. It's like, it's just, there's no urgency well, with the defense. There's no, there's no sense of, we. I don't know. It's just like they're playing, like they're going through the motions, and there's not there's no urgency here. 
we say all the time, like when we break down games, you know, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know, we'll say like, yeah, that was Pareko's guy. That was Vince Dunn's guy. That was Barrett Jackman's guy, you know, whatever. Over the years, that's that's been a common phrase here because you play the game, you understand that that's this guy's guy. Um, but it's not even that at this point. For me, yes, it is Bortuzzo's guy. Bortuzzo should have been there. But at the same time, situations occur in a game. It's a quick game, as we all know. That's when somebody else, you see Bortuzzo's maybe not on his guy. There's a guy that's wide open in front. Somebody needs to step up and say, okay, I'm going to go take that guy. I will make sure there's not a tap-in goal here by this dude standing in front of the net. There's just none of that right now. There's no responsibility. There's no coverage. There's no... My my well, buddy here is out of position. I'm going to go cover for him. There's none of that going on with this team right now. Yeah, I I, th- I think the only thing with that, I mean, I agree with you to a certain extent, but the only thing with that is if if you've got guys running around, you know, then you're like everybody's like it's like it's like Keystone Cops, you know, you're you're this guy's out of position, so I'm coming for him. Then 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 my guy's left alone, and you got guys coming for other guys like crazy. And when really, in reality, looking at this, it's like, Bertuzzo, get your ass in front of the net. I agree. So I agree. That, but that, I'm just that, saying, that solves everything. We've seen that a million times this season where it's like, okay, one guy's out of position. There's a guy on the fucking doorstep. Yes, I don't want to leave my guy. I don't want to leave somebody wide open. But if there's a guy on the doorstep, I need to make sure that there's not a pass easy goal for them. And there's just no accountability right now. I agree 100%. Bortuzzo's guy, but you're telling me one other player wasn't like, that's a danger right there to have well, him wide open. I, Let's I, make sure he's covered. I mean, I can go back and look at it, but I'm pretty sure everybody else was trying to cover their guys too. I mean, they may not have even seen it. And he was behind the D. I guarantee you nobody else saw him there because, you know, it's like Pareko's uh, on the turnover before the start of the third period. He turns it over, and then he doesn't get back. There, There's a guy behind him, and then they <sighs> – He's just there's not there's no urgency to get back and cover. He's got you got to kill off like five seconds. You know, do what you got to do, block the pass, fall in front of somebody, take out a passing lane, do something. And he's like, it's like he didn't know what to do. You go back and watch the replay. You're like, okay, you watch you watch Pareko after turnover. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know who to cover. Mm-hmm. He's lost in the play, and he just stands there. And by the time he realizes, oh my god, there's someone behind me, and the puck's gone to the right side, and now there's a tic tac toe play going on, and it's a backdoor tap in if I don't, and it's too late. And he just, he, he waited and it was just like, it's like, get your head out of your ass. And this applies to everyone uh, seemingly on all these goals. It's like, what they're not just like a lot of these goals that the blues are giving up. It's like, we always tear down these goals and, and try and find someone to blame. And usually you can, but man, these are egregious mistakes. These aren't just like, well, you know, that's a good play of the team, and we could have, we could have, you know, done better here or there. But man, these are massive failures in coverage. Uh, it's, Bill, it's just, it's just, it's disgusting. Bill, Kurt, and I are just angry, pissed off, ranting. Please be the voice of reason here. What do you have to say? <laughs> um, the, if I'm the voice of reason, I'm I'm scared here. But uh, no, I I think that uh, Colton Pareko has been kind of exposed this year um, for his, you know, I, I think we've seen him flashes of it in the past, but he was able to correct it. But he he just he stops thinking, and he, his 
instincts aren't good, um, he panics and doesn't do the right thing. Like, you know, in soccer, all the time you hear, um, oh, defender switched off, right? And that's him. That's that's how I feel like he's been. And I, I want to go back for a second, um, you know, to, to that joyous time when the Blues were 3-0. and do, do you guys remember that? We were 3-0. We that was great. Wait, the Blues won a game before? We won three. We were 3-0. and Wait, wait hang on. so they won one game? And then, then another. They, then two. And then another. You know what's funny? Is that we've we've only played in of our three wins, we've only played well in those like a really good game one time in those right, three wins. Against the Oilers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That afternoon and, game against the Oilers. Yep. And how but, crazy that that was the last win too. Like it yeah. wasn't like it was the first game of the season and it's just been a crumble effect since then. That was their best game, and it was the third one of the year. Their other right. game against Edmonton was really good too. They just they got they I they, they got screwed they again. Got shafted, yeah, yeah. Right. But still so I want to go back to to when we were three and zero, and we we went to Winnipeg, right? It's the the last the last game of the road trip, and you're like, all right, they give one up here, but the way they gave it up, that Shifley goal when Pareko and Letty both went inexplicably to the same side, right? And that's been the pattern that that has been. Uh, uncorrected since since then and probably before then but that that's when it first got you know that's when i first noticed and i've been paying you know watching that blues defenders don't like you know i i don't know do they they're playing it seems like they're playing man-to-man and they need to go to zone right because they're just giving it up i think maybe maybe these players are trying to do too much and then they end up being out of position I mean, that's. I'm just trying to trying to rationalize why, how this has gone so bad, so fast, and all these 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 uh, plays where goals are going in, it's just massively we're just are, are out of position. And I'm thinking maybe guys are trying to do too much. That's why you see guys on the same side of the ice that shouldn't be, like both defensemen. They've seen that a lot. You know, backdoor plays, guys wide open, guys trying to do too much. Oh, I got this guy. Oh, I can go over there and do this too and get back in time. You know, to try and do more than they probably should be doing because the team is struggling. Someone's got to make a play. I'll, I'll let it be me, and I'll I'll try and do too much, and that just fucks up the play. I don't know. Yeah, I it, I mean, there's I think there's a lot of that going on. It's a lot of shouldering the blame, I guess. I mean, we're seeing that with O'Reilly in the press conferences, but I think we're seeing that across the board. I think a lot of players are just okay. If I make this big play here. You know, if it's Pareko, let's say, I'll make this big play here, spring a forward up, break away, or a two-on-one, we score a goal, all of a sudden, this is what sparks the team back. And, I don't know, there's just too much, there's too much of that going on. I think we see that with the offense a lot. Um, I think, I think we, I bitched about Kairou last week, and, and I'll just right now say, I actually think Kairou's played a lot better. He has. The past mm-hmm. week. So I'm I'm gonna the take last two a games, lot of for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take a lot of what I said about him. I'm not gonna take it back, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna oh. walk it back, and I'm gonna say yeah, you know, he's played a little better. Jesus, but, did you do you guys have the game on? Yes, <laughs> Trevor Zegers. Holy Jesus! Oh boy! All right. Well, I'm watching. I'm behind you, I guess. I was oh, I was my. a few seconds behind you. Oh fuck! Oh man! Woo! Yep, he did another one. He did the uh, Michigan. 
Oh, oh my god. Did he? Because I, I saw it right after. I didn't get to catch it. Okay. But you, yep. were, you were saying, Jeff, about the – oh, here's the replay. Oh. Yeah, I was just saying about um, – yeah, and I think we see that with the offense. And, and again, I picked on Kyrou a lot last week. And, and I – again, I, I want to walk back of that a bit. But I will say there are times when I see him just go into the boards on a loose puck. Nobody around. God, that was – Beautiful. I'm telling you what, right where I'm telling you to. what, the old school hockey guys are going to, you're going to wait, they're going to tear this apart. Who's this bullshit? Should be doing that, ho- that, that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, f- uh, the Minnesota's challenging. They've got to be challenging for offside. offside. You know, these shouldn't oh. be doing that uh, showboat and bullshit. And I'm like, Man, fuck that's... you. That goal was amazing. And that was, that's another situation there, Bill, where I've, Fucking hate the offside challenge because if that gets called back, <laughs> the, you're not watching the replay of that in two weeks. The, the, right. you know, it, this is this is almost like a, it's not even like the mission goal where the guy is set up behind the goal. He did that. He he didn't. He was flying behind the goal and scooped it and wrapped it and tucked it. That was just amazing. And, oh, and this is this offside. is oh no, that's a plane now. The I think that's too close to call, right? It's too close to call. I yeah. mean, just on that, it's it's right, it's and close. and this is this is the problem, right? This is going to be the poster child goal Oof. for getting rid of the coach's challenge <sighs> because it yep. is that fucking close, and you're going to take oh. away that this piece away. of That's artwork it. that Trevor Zegers oh, just displayed. Boy, they're gonna that might be a ooh, you know what? And oh, I'm gonna my say God, they disallowed it. I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say, it looks like it's offside. Actually, it, it is offside. It is. Well, I know, but I, w- I was going to say it looks like it's offside, but I didn't know if they'd have enough to overturn it. Oh, yeah. that's mm. bullshit. Mm. It is. That right. sucks. And then, but I love like Jason Miller's comment here. I consider myself old school hockey guy, but the lacrosse goal doesn't bother me. Even as a goalie, if I don't like it, I need to stop it. That's on me. And I, 100%, man, I get pissed. I've had the lacrosse goal scored on teams that I'm playing against, and they scored on me. I get fucking pissed when I see it, but at the same time, I go to the bench and I say, "Next time, don't let them do it." Yeah, like that's on me. Yeah. Uh, why did I let him go across the net like that? It's no, it's no different than any other. Like on, on a breakaway, doing a you know a, a, a dig a few times and, and backhand top shelf. There's not much difference in in uh, making a fancy move on a breakaway and, and doing that. I don't, I don't mm, understand. Yep. I don't understand people that that hate that move. I I can't. It makes no sense to me. It's like old old farts that uh, don't understand sh- squat. Oh, and now we got to fight. Now we got to fight. <laughs> well, all right. So yeah. enough of this game. So getting back to what we were talking about, um, Kairu. And again, again, not picking on Kairu too much because the whole team's doing this. But I did see him do this a couple times in the last Philly and Boston games, where there'll be a loose puck in the corner and he's going in. It's usually on his backhand, where he'll go in to, to kind of scoop it and then take it with him, like, behind the net or wherever he's heading, and it, uh, and he just flat-out misses the puck, like, just skates by it, and all of a sudden it's a free-out for the other team. Again, I'm picking on Kairu here just because I remember him specifically doing it, but I saw, I've seen O'Reilly do it. I saw Saad do it last game. Um, I've seen Buchnevich do it. Like, these guys, they're just... I don't know if it's it, – we talk about, you know, what, gripping the sticks a little too tightly. It's something like that. It's in their heads. It's – they're they're thinking of the next step. They're thinking of the next thing they're going to do 
before they do what they need to do. So you see this kind of play, and it's so obnoxious, but it's because they are so in their own heads that they're not thinking about the play at hand. They're thinking about what's coming next. They need to break that cycle, and I think that's when we start seeing goals scored. You see the dumb mistakes go away. This team all of a sudden is going to start clicking offensively. Well, guys like Kyrie have always that's he's always done that. He's always been, you know, trying to make fifteen moves on a you know instead of just he's he's passed up excellent opportunities to score to try and make right. a move to get an even better opportunity to score and gets nothing. And I don't. Right. I don't How think... many times have we seen Baruby like that? They they show the the replay and you can read Baruby's lips. Shoot the fucking yeah. puck. Right, right. That's it's happened more than once this year. How many times do you hear people say when things aren't going well, when you're struggling this bad to to do the things that you normally do well? Just simplify things. Don't mm-hmm. don't overcomplicate things. Simplify it. You get the puck, and I'm not going to be this fan that says shoot, shoot, shoot. But at some point, you've got to start getting the puck to the net with a little more frequency. In, in areas of the ice where you should be getting a, a shot on net and not trying to dangle a guy and get in alone on the goalie. You know, use the defenseman as a screen or whatever. Or get the, or do a quick shot instead of trying to, you know, cut to the middle and take a shot you know, a second later. You know, I I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think <sighs> Kairou's been much better the last two games, still not producing. So he's got he's to get there. I, I think it's a matter of time before he starts putting them in, if he plays like he has been playing the past two games, which I've been very impressed with. Very nice. Getting chances. Good job. But uh, you still got to score. I mean, I, you know, the, there's no consolation trophy for, hey, you got a lot of chances. Yay. How many points did you get? None. Uh, well, well what, what good is getting chances if you don't get any points out of it? And and that's a that he, he's had chances most of the season, but he just has not been putting it in. So it's, he's, get, he's, he's halfway there. He's just not doing a good job of finishing, which is crazy I'm, because he's I'm, paid to finish. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the 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 side now of okay, Kairu's playing okay. He's not finishing. He's not getting the points, but he's playing better than we've seen him play. I think he's going to get there, but now to me, my focus is more on the other uh, the rest of the offense. Where is Buchnevich? Where's O'Reilly? Where's Third line. I mean, even Saad. I know, I know Saad just came back, but Saad hasn't done much. I mean, this team, we talk about it a million times already, how they have the talent. They clearly had the talent from last year. Jason Miller um, in the chat here. I, I'm I, uh, Here it is. I'm going to pull it back up here. He asks, what's more infuriating, the shots wide or the shots right into shin pads? The shin pad shots always drive me fucking crazy. It seems like Pareko does that, like mm-hmm. Alex Steen did back in the day. I mean, every time he's got the puck, he's he's cradle, 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 gives the guy a chance to get in front of him, and then he shoots it right into shin guards. But to me, the more infuriating thing is the shots wide because they have so many chances to just put the puck. I mean, at the very least, handcuff the goalie, and he's not going to cover the rebound, but they just shoot it wide, and it's like – if you at least put it on net, there's a chance it goes off a defenseman. There's a chance that again the goalie misplays it and it lays in the crease. You know, when you shoot it wide, you're not getting another chance. See, I think I think the whole shooting wide thing is a 
case by case basis for me, just because where you're shooting from, if you've got a clear look of the net and a good scoring chance, a high danger chance, and you shoot wide, that's unacceptable. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it's going to happen. I know, but it's happening too much. But the thing is that if you're if you're out farther, if you're trying to shoot around the defenseman, or you don't have a shooting lane, you're trying to you're trying to just shoot it by the defenseman's leg and and maybe hit the post or inside the post because there's not much to shoot. They're trying to block it, and you shoot wide because you're trying to go around the defenseman. That's a little bit different for me. I think it's the high danger chances that they have golden chances to score, and they put it high or wide when there's no one blocking it, trying to block it, that's unacceptable. If you're trying to shoot around the defense when the guy in front of you is sliding down to block it, that's completely different to me. That's that's, that's well, tough. You go back to, like, the Sharks of, like, 2010-ish. They, they perfected shooting wide and having the puck bounce off the boards and come right back in front. If you're doing that kind of thing, I'm 100% for it. But you're right. Like, when you are in the slot and you've got the puck on your stick and you're shooting it, two feet over the net, mm-hmm. you got to at least put it on net. You got to make the goalie at least make a save. I mean, that's hockey 101. Put the puck on net. Again, maybe that, maybe he coughs up a rebound. And you got a guy there, or it's you who drills in the rebound. Like, when you shoot it right. wide, you don't get that second chance. Right, and I think Robert Thomas has probably been the worst defender at that. Mm-hmm. How many golden opportunities has he had below the hash marks that – you know, he takes a shot and all you hear is glass behind him. Or post. Right? It, we had three posts last yeah. game. Right. And that that was the two crazy cross thing. Bars. Right. Yeah. Right. We 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 rang iron. I, I counted four times. So I, I was driving home, uh stopped the boat before I got to catch any of the game on TV. Um so I was listening to the first mostly on the radio and I counted four times that um that they said that we hit the post. And, you know, it sounded like we had great pressure. And then all of a sudden the game crumbles in the second. Just inexplicable. Yeah. Uh, the Blues did make some roster moves today. So. Uh, oh, did they? Yes. Uh, we'll talk about those on the uh, other side of this break from strikewithmike.com. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com, and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Uh, before we get into the, oh, you got a little, uh, citywide there, Jeff, you porn? little citywide. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, I had a friend, um, well, my boss actually, uh, is based in Austin and he came in town tonight and, um, we went to three Kings, uh, public house out in, uh, mm-hmm. off Delmar loop. I like that. Place. And, um, yeah, I do too. And, uh, so he actually, he had never tried, tried toasted Ravs. He was impressed. 
But uh, he asked me what beer to get, and I go, anything with four hands. Uh, just get a four hands. He got the four hands uh, Ripple White Ale. And the minute he got home, uh, he flew home tonight. The minute he got home, he was messaging me. And he's just like, hey, uh, where can I get where can I get four hands down here? <laughs> he's like, this is so good. Like, they don't have a beer locator on their website. I've already looked. He's like, please, if there's anything you can do to find out, let me know if there's, like, any it, kind of. Where's he from? Uh, he's in Austin, Texas. I don't think they go. And he there. fell in love with it. I don't think they do either. No. Unfortunately, I'm like, well, I'll just have to send you some beer. But he's what's yeah? What's in love? He's your boss. What's your uh, what's your inner office mail policy? No booze. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. But well, I mean, I've already got another guy over my right shoulder, your left. The let's see, right there, the Budweiser with Yachty and Wayno. Uh, I've already got to send one of those out to one of my coworkers uh, from St. Louis. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just start send. I'll start being that guy. I'll just start sending booze out all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, he loved it. I told him about the fat Elvis, and he's like, "Okay, you need to get your hands on that and send some to me." Good and luck. I'm like, "Dude, I can't even get my hands on it. Like, sorry. Well, if yeah. I can't get any, you're not getting any." I mean, as far as I know, Four Hands has it on tap still. Yeah, so yeah. Go get, head down there go get you a growler. Yeah. They do growlers do there, that. right? Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I assume so. I think so. I wonder if they'd fill my own if they don't. Yeah, you can bring your own growler in. I think most places will fill your own growler. Okay. I mean, uh, so they did it in 2019. So uh, lots of chatter about how they did it in 2019, the Blues, how they turned things around in 2019, went from last to a Stanley Cup. Um I think this is a pretty dumb thing to say right now. <laughs> no. uh, it's 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 for, the so you say there's a chance. Right. Crowd. Well, yeah. Here's the here's the thing me, with it it's... for well, for me it's it's this. It's 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 not January right now either. You know, that happened in January, right? So, you know, and that was after what was it? 30 some odd games they played. Um way farther along in the season. I don't you know we're eleven games in, so it's it's apples and oranges right now to me. Um, if this team were struggling badly, you know, uh, and it's January, then I could see the comparison. Well, I could see people saying it, not that it would be relevant because that's a it's a once in a lifetime kind of a thing that happened. You can't really expect it to happen again. But uh, yeah, it's it, after ten, eleven games, you can't say. It's weird to well, me to say what oh, happened in 2019. We can it happen. Well, of course it can happen. It's it's an easier thing to happen this time from the turn around because there's so much more time. It's just a matter of whether they do. Well, or not. and 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 I said this earlier today. Uh, Tom Welch uh, on Twitter posted something about how you know, hey, it sucks. Look, here's the Blues at the bottom of the Central standings. But honestly, you look at the Central standings. I mean, if you believe that this team can turn it around, which I'm not going to lie, I don't have the faith. But if you do believe, hey, if this team can just go on like a 10-3 and run or something, then they're right back in the mix. The Central Division has not been that strong outside of Dallas and uh, Winnipeg. I mean, what, Colorado's like 6-4. and Um, Chicago, I think, is in fourth, which is ridiculous. Like... Mm -hmm. The Blues go on a run. If you believe they can do that, they're right back in the mix. We forget about this eight-game streak. 
we're just like, oh, well, that sucked. That hurt the season. But they can bounce back. But my point with the 2019 talk is, and I, I will take this to my deathbed because I believe I will believe this till the day I die unless I see it. We'll never see another run like that again. So to to compare, and you're right, Kurt, that it's not January. This is basically, well, it's November. It's, you know, before Thanksgiving. Um, it, 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 it's, it's not crazy to think if you believe this team would turn around, they will. It won't be a 2019 run. But to use that ever to me, even if they're in January or even late December, and and they're struggling and they're bottom of the division. Um, to me, you can't use that because that was a once in a lifetime situation. We'll never see, and I'm not just saying with the Blues. Well, we'll never see that with another hockey team ever again. I, that was magical run, and we'll never see it again. I I I I'll, I'll disagree with you to a certain extent. I think that kind of a run will easily happen again. The way it happened, though, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see that where they change coaches and where we bring up a goalie, a rookie goalie, and and all, all of that, all of that. See that that entire story, all those different things that came together at once. Uh, that's what makes it a cool run. Not just the fact they started winning hockey games. A team, a team can can turn things around and start winning hockey games. That's not that ridiculous. Um, but I think the way the Blues did it um, is what makes it special, and I don't think that you can expect now. And again, if they turn around, they're not going to be calling up a, a rookie goalie to replace Bennington. That's not going to. I don't see that happening. They're not going to fire Berube unless he loses another. I don't know. I guess they could, but uh, it's going to take. It's going to take a lot more than just this. Um, it, 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 it's going to be, it, be. If they did turn around, it's a lot different than nineteen. Um, for reasons I've already stated, so right, it, it it's it's much earlier, right? It was it was Thanksgiving, right? That they, they would have to go another two weeks, and at that point, you know, we're we're so far in the basement that might as well thank for Bedard. Um, but it, yeah, that that was lightning in a bottle, right? Twenty nineteen was lightning in a bottle. We're not going to do that. I I think at this point that. Armstrong has got to be using up, um, you know, any, any credit that he has with Stillman, right? Let's just wait it out. Let's just wait it out. They can't keep waiting it out at this point. If, if they lose another game, another two games, I think Baruby's got to go. I, I think, you know, I think at that point, if he doesn't take action, then Armstrong is the one who's on the hot seat. I think what everyone's forgetting when they, when they're, when they think of 2019 going from worst to first, everyone, forgets that we had like five games in hand or something it, when we're in the basement right we're, we're in last place we had a lot of games in hand now we have a we have two or three on a lot of teams right now which okay that's in the back pocket so if you do if you, if you do start playing better and start winning games you have the opportunity to gain two four six points on some of these teams but there was a i mean it was january and we had a lot of games in hand so that I mean, we weren't really. I mean, we're in last place, but were we really? Because part of that reason was because we had a lot fewer games played too. I so. mean, we were. It's not the NFL, you know. Not everybody plays the same amount of games every week. 
So, yes, I mean, we were in last place. Well, I know we were in last place. Your, but, point, your but, point is valid, though. Yeah, we had they a lot were, more opportunity to get points than we other teams. Right. Did. Yeah. I mean, when, when you've got, let's say, 40 games and everybody else has 35, I mean, you're playing well that you're banking – 10 points right there. It's easier to gain when you're okay. So you got five games in hand or whatever it was, and you're playing really, really well like they were. It's easy to gain ground quickly because you're playing more games, plus you're winning them all. So you're, you're really passing teams up at a higher clip. Oh, sorry. We'll oh. pull this one up first. <laughs> oh, uh, That's the problem with the way our, our thing goes is like a new comment comes in and it, it scrolls. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so from Hotard12, he says Armstrong will be fired before Baruby. And then he says, just signed one of the worst contracts in Blues history with Cairo. Um, I will say I've talked with Greg about this before. Uh, he's a guy I play hockey with. Not a fan of Cairo. Um, I will say I agree with him in a lot of instances. but And I will say when I am pissed off, the first thing I think is, wow, this is a worse contract than Yori Laterra. Uh, but I th- I don't want to officially make that comment yet. Let's give it a couple of years. Well, he's not even on the contract yet, so there's that. But um, I, I, I mean, I, I think to say it's, you know, a, it's a another bad, goal that's getting called back. Sorry. I, I think to say it's one of the worst contracts or the worst contract or whatever, however you want to classify it. I think is way, 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 way too early to say that the contract hasn't even started yet. Now he hasn't he hasn't looked like an eight million dollar guy. I mean, he's making four or something right now. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that's way too early in his career. I think the contract. I think it was too early to sign him to this contract. I when he saw, when when uh, Thomas got his, I was you know Thomas had a lot more experience. He had won a cup here. You know, I I, I understood that one more. I thought the Kyrie one was early. I thought uh, kind of like Laterra was early. Now, do I think Kairou is like Laterra? No. I think he has a lot more talent. Um, I don't know. I think Kairou is a wait-and-see thing for me. I'm not going to call this a, a bad contract yet because yeah, there's, he's, he's young and the contract hasn't even started yet. So why is he getting called well, back? I missed. Anyway. I, I thought for sure they were going to challenge it for offside again. Okay. But they ain't <clears> – <throat> Yeah, and in terms of uh, – uh, and I actually do agree with Hotard. I actually think if Stillman's in the right mindset here, I think it's Armstrong that goes before Baruby. I think – I think Baru- there's a lot of mistakes with this team that he's made. Don't get me wrong. I I think we've talked about it – we talked about it a lot last week. If you haven't listened to last week's show, pretty much a lot of what we're saying here is it was said last week that um, you're still giving top-line minutes to O'Reilly – Kairou, to me, you're playing the fourth line a lot more right now because they should be getting the minutes because they're playing harder. And well, O'Reilly, we're just O'Reilly, not... O'Reilly was on the third line last game. He was. Yep. Um, and, and like a Braden Shen, who's played very well, I think. Uh, you know, give that guy all the minutes you possibly can. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think there are some issues here with Baruby's coaching, but I will th- I do say, like, to me, if it's if I'm Tom Stillman, I'm saying, okay, this was constructed by Doug Armstrong. The defense has not looked good for me, at least in at least two years. Uh, I think longer. Um, and you know, it was his decision to let go of David Perron, who. And again, I'm not 
I will die to, again to my grave. I will take the right decision was signing Letty over Perron. This team needed help defensively. Whether Letty proves to be that defenseman or not, you needed to find a way to improve that defense. So I think the right move is bringing in the defenseman and letting one of your many right. goal scorers. The ar- the argument is but, the def- wh- whether Letty was the right defenseman, not Letty over Perron, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I exactly. Agree. I agree. And so I think I think that is what Stillman looks at and says his construction of this roster is the problem, not how the team is being coached and how they're told to play. Because clearly, Baruby's system has worked before. So and and it's still a lot of the same players, a lot of the same type of players. They're just not getting the results right now. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if Armstrong is fired. I don't think Stillman fires right. him. No, uh, forever uh, or a long time. Right. I, uh, it's, Armstrong's when he record. Goes, it's going to be a mutual decision. Yeah, I think so. I th- at that, worst, I'd, I'd agree with that kind of. I, I think you know Armstrong's record since taking over uh, the Blues. Uh, I mean, it was he had the most points in the West since he took over. I assume that's still the case. Losing eight straight, but uh, uh, I, you know, I, constructing that team that won the Cup, um, hiring Berube in the first place to lead that team to the cup. Um, and like I said, the record, his, his overall body of work with the Blues has been fantastic. Uh, I, 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 and I agree with you, Jeff. I think, you know, Armstrong has to take a lot of blame for this roster. The no trade clauses in this, in, in this, yes. this con- there's too many. And he's kind of handcuffed himself uh, with what he can and can't do. He can't, he can't really make a lot of moves to make drastic changes to this roster. He can trade O'Reilly. He can trade Tarasenko. He can trade Barbashev. That's about it. And if you want to do a complete rebuild, you can't, unless guys wave yeah. the no trade. You can't do it. So he he is limited on what he can do, and that's his own fault. Uh, to a certain degree, he, he, now, he maybe maybe he on. had to. Now, if you want those players here, me. maybe you have to give them the trade clauses to get them here. I get it. But in the end, you did give them those deals, and if you can't fix the roster because of what you did, then it is your fault. However, now I'll say that I don't think he gets fired because of that. I think it's more of a situation where uh, Stillman may have a conversation saying, okay, what are we going to do to fix this, and let's go do it. I don't think he says, you've, made this, you've, you've created this, this issue that we have, uh, you're fired. I think it's you've created this issue – Let's let's fix it, or let's find a way to fix it, or do what we can, and we'll move through it. I th- I think that's more likely. I don't think I'd be shocked if Armstrong gets fired. I'll say I think I think with Armstrong with his with the defense, he gambled. He gambled on this defense, and he said, "I'm going to let Petrangelo go. I'm going to make a bet here, and basically say Petrangelo's going to walk, Pareko's going to step in, fill his shoes." And, um, you know, obviously that was when Bo Meester went down uh, that, that year before as well. But um, he gambled and said, you know, okay, Krug will fill in basically where Pareko was. Falk's going to play great, which he has. Uh, he's been right on that one. Um, and Bartuzo's going to still be a great bottom uh, bottom pairing defenseman. And I think at this point, too, he was expecting Perunovic to step in and be a big yeah, part of and this that's defense. not his fault i mean injury problems. no it's not and it's also not his fault that a pareko who has everything it takes to be a number one defenseman and before petrangelo left 
looked like a guy who could be a number one defenseman. And we were so high on I don't him. Even, I don't even put that on Armstrong. He just hasn't worked out in that role. And unfortunately, sometimes with hockey and sports, pro sports, it that's just how it works. Sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you think it's going to. So it's hard for me to really put that on Armstrong. But at the same time, he gambled on this defense and said, right. they're puck movers. We're going to work it out. They'll figure it out. And his bet has not worked out. He has lost at this point. Right. I uh, I think the, the wrong bet that he made was on Colton Pareko as the future of this defense. Wait, right. Is that, the, the is that Craig leader. Button? What? Yes, it is Craig Button. Um, I am channeling my inner Craig Button. Um, Craig Button, I, I give him all the credit in the world. Friend of the show, Craig straight. Button, in, uh, indirectly. Indirect friend no, of the show. Very, very, very indirectly because he laughed his ass off at me. Um, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's it's pretty clear at this point that Pareko, right, just hasn't lived up to the expectation, right? He's not filled the shoes of Petro. Um, Fox done a really good job in that respect, but Pareko's regressed and yeah. we're, we're, we're playing him like a top two guy when he's probably a number five. You know, what's interesting about, about Pareko is that, uh, there's all this talk about, man, we just haven't found the right guy to play with Pareko. It shouldn't be that way. I mean, the, with, with how talented he is and all the tools that he has, it should be whoever we need to play better. We should put with Pareko cause he'll make them better. That's the way it should be, ideally. Because Preco, Preco could be a dominant force on the ice. He's fast. He's got a he's got a huge wingspan. He's tall. He's big. He could push guys around in front of the net if he wanted to. He could play a physical game. He could be a guy that was that's that's oh guys not might not cut to the middle on him because they don't want to get a two hander across the forearms. You know, they, they, they prong like Chris Pronger type guy. I know we beat. I know he's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. I realize that, but. I think it's frustrating for fans to know that he has all the tools, but he's just not a guy that other players seem to fear coming into the zone. I mean, well, and I, and again, I've said this before on the show. I have no problem. I'm one of the few people who actually has no problem with him not being a physical defenseman. That's fine. If you're good positionally and really good positionally, you don't have to be physical. And that's my thing. The though, problem is, is I think I think not, he'd be, I think a physical game would help his game. Well, I agree. Yeah, I think it helps every defenseman's game. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but him in particular saying, because he's struggling otherwise. You know, just rough. Yeah, up the, I but mean, I, that, anyway, go ahead. That's Sorry. not his mindset, though. That's the problem. I know it's not his mindset. So I think if you if you still you're a big guy and you play a good positional game, you could still. I think Victor Hedman oh, sure. comes to mind. Lidstrom, Victor Hedman. Hedman's a oh well yeah obviously Lidstrom but well, I think I mean, he was he was a, he was a, a, a non-violent he was fluid he didn't do anything yes. he wasn't physical at all and he was just good no but I'm, he was just good I compare it to Victor Hedman because Victor Hedman he's a, he's got a little bit of a mean streak to his game but he's also a big guy and he just plays so well positionally you can't get passes through his body you can't like you can't outbody him in front of the net. Because he will always have your stick tied up, and and that's why this is a Norris caliber defenseman. And I think that's what we all thought we were getting with Pareko, a guy who, again, he's not going to punish you into the corner. He's not going to 
hack back and forth with you in front of the net, but it's like he's a big dude who's going to cover a lot of ground and not let pucks get through. But unfortunately, especially this season, that is all we're seeing. Pucks are going right through his feet, right between his stick and his feet. I mean, there is no coverage from him at all defensively. Yeah, and if you're struggling the way he is, I mean, you've got to – it's just you've got to maybe even – I mean, I'm not. I don't want to be that fan that says he just got to play more physical. Um, but I, it, it just, it's just frustrating to to know that if he added a physical element to his game, then that would make him a better defenseman. Which I just already said, but it's, what I'm, I'm I mean, reiterating. would it though? I think would so. It I mean, if, well, if you would think so. You would think so. Introducing a new part to his game at well, his age, at this stage in his career, I don't think that does I, much. I mean, I I'm just talking like metaphorically to, to be able fantasy I, hockey I wise, just, you know, video game wise. He just needs to. He just needs to get back to playing a good positional game, like he did with Jay Bomeister when they were a shutdown pair. All he did was step in the passing lanes and and basically let guys shoot from the boards. You let that's the type of defense you play. You're going to win hockey games, but unfortunately, guys are just making him look like a rag doll out there. The way they're just throwing yeah. the puck around, well, and he's just not covering the puck and, I mean, and not seeing the passes get through. Let's be honest; it's just bad decisions. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's he's making bad decisions. A lot of the team is, and just like the 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 goal, the the turnover last game at the end of the second period is a bad decision. Just stupid. It's dumb. And I think that comes too with who's the guy on this team that had, probably has more delay game penalties with pucks over the glass than anyone? Huh. Breko? Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing it seems that way. It's just bad, bad decisions and, and poor execution. Um, and what happened to the Pareko that would go end to end? Right? When's the last time we saw that? Where he'd go, he'd take the, he'd, he'd circle around his own end and go end to end, beat a few guys in in, uh, in center ice, and then. In the neutral zone, and then come into the in, into the offensive zone and get a shot on goal. Where'd that guy go? I think it just falls back into overthinking it. I think this team is is full of guys who are just thinking too much. They're not playing the game that we know they can play, and they're not just well, reacting to quickly. Me, they're like, they're like, oh, I need to do this, this, this. No, play your game. That's it, what's caused success for you in the past. And I think Pricko was playing his game when he first came up with the Blues, and it looks like that's changed. I haven't seen near as much aggressiveness with him in the offensive zone. I haven't seen him trying to beat guys one on one. I mean, it, I, is it possible that the the coaching staff has said, "No, we've got we've got Fox, we've got Krug. You know, we don't need you to be carrying the puck up the ice. We want you to be more of a uh, a stay back guy." And I think that's it's it's a I think it's a legit question because you don't see him. He he's not playing the same game he used to. When he first came up, his first couple of years here, first two three years, when he was like, "Hey, this guy's going to be good," and he just he has changed. His game is not as aggressive offensively, for whatever reason. He's no. asked to do more defensively, and he's not. It's not working out. Right, and and that's you know that he's he's regressed on the defensive front, and you know it's like we we expected him to round out once Petro left. He was given you know, the mantle as the guy and he hasn't done it. He's, he's regressed. He's gone the wrong way. 
and it's it's inexplicable for because his first year go back to his first two years and just how like it, it seemed like he had such an astronomical hockey iq uh-huh. he was always in the right place at the right time right. always made the right reads always made the right pinches and now everything he does is wrong it's just it, it it's it's inexplicable um i think this is why we're gonna see a coaching change whether you know whether it's just Van Ryan or whether it's Baruby, but I I think there's got to be a new direction for this defense, and I don't I don't think the staff's got it in them to to correct it. I I think it goes back to what Jeff said uh, what last week two weeks ago about Van Ryan. Uh, that's the guy that needs to go. I mean, the defense has has been questionable for too long, and the offense is no longer there to score enough goals to cover up for the defense's mistakes and so the defense's mistakes are more glaring and i think that's 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 the focus is on them um even though the goal scoring is worse than the league which you know that's just it's just a domino effect you know one affects the other and i think van ryan being responsible for the defense i mean that's a no-brainer to me i i don't uh i i i don't and again i don't see brewery going anywhere i don't see armstrong going anywhere uh Man, it's frustrating to know that this roster, you can't do a whole lot. And because you, you, you yeah. could say, you could say, hey, we can move this guy or that guy, or we can get a lot for him or whatever. There's not a lot you and can I, do. And I honestly believe that's why Armstrong will be let go because there's yeah. And like I, said, I, I know I he's so. made he's made the comment before. I'm not saying right now. I think next summer. I think he's done um, because I think that you look at the roster and you say, you know, if Stillman goes to, to okay, you got to make some changes here, uh, Doug, what are you going to do with defensively? Well, there's nothing I can do. All these guys have no trade clauses, can't move them, nothing I can do. Right. Okay, whose fault is that, Doug? You're done. Right. Bye. Okay, so I if, think that's so how the conversation if he get, goes. If he gets fired, though, you hire someone else, he can't do anything either because of the way the roster is. You're, yeah, but I'm stuck. saying like you you've got to have accountability for your bad actions. And and just like with any job. I know, but I I don't think I don't I think firing is like the last resort. I don't I think there's a I think there's other I think there's a I Stillman doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to fire Armstrong after everything that uh he's he's done for this franchise. I even though I'm with you, he has created part of what he's this 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 stuckness we have with this roster uh is his doing but i i again at, that, at that's one point, element of his entire career here yeah but i'm saying at what point do you say okay yes you won us the stanley cup thank you how the long was poil how really long has poil been in nashville <laughs> okay that's a completely different situation no, i'm just saying why the hell? i'm just, I'm just saying. wondering why that guy that guy should not still have <laughs> no, a job in my no opinion. because they've never won but, anything but i'm what i'm saying is is that I'm, but I'm just according to their I'm banners, they won about how, 14 when Stanley do you Cups. Finally, say okay, thank you for the Stanley Cup, but this is far under what I expect from this team. Second round exit, first right. round exit before that, not looking good. I mean, just, you, you, you think that's the, the way, way to go as opposed to as opposed to having a meeting uh, with all your your coaching staff and, and your and the uh, whoever? You don't think they've already had that meeting? Well, what I'm saying is, is that okay, maybe they have. Well, I'm sure they have. But I'm just saying that that so you think firing is the way to go over uh, coming up with a plan to fix this? I'm not saying that that's the way to go. I'm saying that there is probably conversations already happening. Stillman's probably already calling Armstrong, saying, "Okay, what's the plan, Doug? What are you going to do?" 
And and I'm not saying he's saying like make a move, but what what is the goal here? What are you going to do? And you know those conversations are happening throughout the season. At the end of the season, when this team misses the playoffs and they look terrible defensively and they finish in last in goals against and lasted shots against and all those stats. Okay, what are you going to do on the defensive side of the puck, Doug? Well, there's nothing I can do. Well, okay. So clearly, you've made a lot of bad decisions on this roster. It's time for you to go and have somebody come clean up your mess. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they go that route. We'll see. Why not? I, because because well, I've already said. I think I think his body of work is exemplary here, and I think that yeah, this 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 roster looks troublesome right now. But it's not. I, I you know I don't think you you. I'm not gonna call it a second chance, but his, I'm saying I don't, I don't his think his body of work. It, let's just face it. His body of work, yes. Stanley Cup, first and foremost, that's huge. He's he's arguably the best uh, GM third, in the third round exit, which was great. That was a great year, 2016. Outside of that, a bunch of first round exits, a no show in the playoffs one year, probably another no show this year, a bad showing against the Minnesota Wild multiple years. His body of work to me isn't that great. He's oh, had a couple good no. years. But not anything that's like, well, at least we've been to the Western Conference Final four times. You know, nothing like that. He's the best GM we ever had. I mean, I'll agree with you. Yeah, he won a Stanley Cup. Sure. Yes. And it won a Stanley Cup, and he has probably the best record of any any GM we've ever had. They've been competitive while he's here, but he's also had a lot of questionable decisions with this sure. team. And what GM hasn't? I, I, every GM Agreed. makes makes questionable moves. <clears throat> I think that's a problem. Uh, Bill, please speak for us. He's he's been the most successful GM, but not the most colorful. Nobody will ever oh. be better than Ron Karan. He's not my favorite. Yeah, Karan's my favorite. <laughs> Love Karan. So bring back so that, Ron Karan. I want some meat on yeah. the burner. <laughs> yeah, not not to steal uh, another show's content, but a couple of things uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, listening to the Thirty Two Thoughts Pod, um, yeah. they they said uh, the Iran Quran anecdote that they shared. Um, the the NHL had to shut down the voicemail box for um, the the trade calls because the GMs would get drunk, go out together and get drunk, and then just call in making Ron Karan impression trades. <laughs> That's awesome. Which I, I laughed my ass off. That's hilarious. That's great. The other, the one that uh, the one was discussed on um, this weekend's pod, um, and you got to wonder if he's getting ready to do it again. Um, it, Armstrong, supposedly, um, and 2019 or that i guess it was 2018 leading up to uh christmas uh the gms all have an an email chain and uh he sent out a christmas sale email and actually named players names as you know come get a a great uh you know a use ryan o'reilly you know they they didn't they won't divulge the names but it's you know that's funny. You have to wonder, right? He, he stuck by his guns then. You have to wonder, right? And and Jeff brought it up, right? Is, is he going to get the chance to get to that point this year? I, I think he does. And again, I, I think he does. I think, I think he gets through the year. But I think if this team, which I at this point do believe, they are not going to make the playoffs. I've, I've totally come back on 
them finishing second. I think I think they make a competition for a wild card spot, but I don't think they get it at this point. Um, and I think at that point, uh, you know, late April, early May, whenever the season ends, I think Doug Armstrong gets let go. I really do. I I mm-hmm. I I think it's even as it really depends. Otard on- pointed out he's signed through twenty five twenty six. Yeah, but that's, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, as I know, Stillman's not the deep pockets uh, owner that a lot of other teams have. But how many teams are paying how many GMs and coaches at this point? Like, unfortunately, that's just part of the game. You're you have to fire a guy and then just continue to pay him. I, yeah, I, I I'd have this season would have to be go remarkably bad the rest of the way for. Meet for arm meet even think that Armstrong will get fired. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see Stillman doing that. I, I think Stillman uh, is perfectly happy with Armstrong um, and how he, how he goes about his business. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't. Uh, I think if this team makes the misses the playoffs, I don't think he is happy with Armstrong and he well, shouldn't be, I, I, in my opinion. I don't, well, maybe not, but, and I, 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 as an owner, I wouldn't be happy to miss the play. You spend the you spend the cap, and you miss the playoffs. That's unacceptable. Um, but again, Armstrong's not on the ice making the plays. He's constructing the roster, and the roster is a problem. Sucks because the because of the no trade clauses. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? It, it, it's all because of the no trade clauses. I mean, I, exactly. I actually and and I'd be a hypocrite to say, oh, he's you know fire. Armstrong and Ruby because, you know, this roster sucks. I liked this roster enough before the season started. I thought this team was a playoff team. Easy. Um, I like this roster. Nothing about my opinion on these players, I mean, should have changed that much after 11 games. I mean, they played really bad, um, and, and a lot needs to change. But it's still the same roster they had when I liked this team before the season started. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna waver but, from my feelings the, on the, the whether a GM gets fired or not is not well I went into this season as as an owner I went into the season liking this roster liking what he did the issue to me arises with okay even though I liked this roster it's not working out and our Stanley Cup window is still open we have to make some changes here and figure this out quickly. But again, you can't make those changes because of the no trade clauses that have been handed out. And and listen, I I I again will stand by Alex Petrangelo, his no movement clause, what he signed, ridiculous, do not want it. But it is a bad 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 look when you let your captain go and you said we're going to be better off without him. Just a couple years later, you're talking about having a league worst defense and not making playoffs because your defense is so poor. No, I, that is a bad, bad look. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you 100. I, but I think we disagree. We disagree, obviously, on, on what the the fallout from that. You know, I'm of the opinion that I think that you know it's a okay. Let's fix this. Uh, however, we got to do it. We'll do it uh, with you know Armstrong at the helm as GM. And and you're of the opinion that uh, uh, Armstrong will be fired. So I think we just disagree, disagree on what happens because of that. So right, yeah. I just I my my point is not I like this roster. My point is more 
you can't make changes to fix issues. No, I agree with you, and and that's and it's totally Armstrong's fault. I mean, it's 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 obvious. I just and I again, I think that they're going. It doesn't matter if it's Armstrong or another GM that comes into play that comes in. It's, it, they both have the same issues. So I think Stillman has the confidence and the trust in Armstrong to to work through it. Yeah, now, but I think and maybe point- and maybe maybe he does get fired. But you know, I I don't. I'd be I'd, I'd be shocked. At that point, right. to me, you need a you need a clean slate. It's it's yes, yeah. the new GM can't do anything either. But I don't want to keep a guy in here who has put us in this situation. We need a new face in here. You we could need also a new voice. You could also and get we a, need somebody who will try to do whatever they can you, to fix whatever the issues the last GM did. You could also get a GM in here that sucks. There's that right. too. <laughs> right. And. and and I, I, I think what what it's probably going to come down to for for Armstrong is has he used up all his um, swindle other GMs magic, right? He he's a reputation for you know, getting out of bad contracts, right? The, Laterra being the best. So will another GM help him get out of a mess that he's created? Right? Can he find a sucker? And, you know, that maybe that's what's, you know, armed, uh, Stillman's giving him that rope right now. And he's, you know, he, he is giving him time, but I don't know. I, I just, I just don't see Stillman as, as a guy who's going to make a change at the top, right? He's going to change everything else. He's, you know, as long as Armstrong wants the job, it's his, um, Stillman is doesn't have still out there. No, Jim Rutherford would be a great one to make a trade with. He, he, yeah. So he's he's in Vancouver, right? That's so, right. And they've seemed to have uh, turned a corner there, but that that could have been your chance. Um, Bo Horvat, mm, look at that guy. Look at the season he's putting on. If you can't beat him, join him. That's the Bo Horvat, Horvat <clears throat> way of the Blues that they would have gotten him. Yep. Um. No, we've we've covered Bruby, we've covered Armstrong. Um the roster moves that were made uh today. Uh Armstrong announced that the team has recalled forwards Nikita Alexandrov and Josh Levo from its uh AHL affiliate, Springfield Thunderbirds. They also assigned forward Jake Neighbors to Springfield and placed forward Logan Brown on injured reserve with an upper body injury. Uh, Alexandrov is 22, addressed nine games for the Thunderbirds this season, posted eight points, four goals, four assists. In four penalty minutes, he was drafted by the Blues in the second round, number 62 overall in the 19 NHL draft. Uh, the Germany native has 43 points, 19 goals, 24 assists, and 30 penalty minutes in 83 career AHL regular season games. Levo. And, go ahead. Oh, I, I just wanted to comment on Alexandrov real quick. Um, so if the, for those that may not remember, you know, again, this is actually before the Blues won three games. I know it's hard to believe there was a time before that. Um, but, uh, he actually almost made the roster out of camp. Yeah. And the only reason he didn't was because they literally could not send anyone down in his place except Jake neighbors who also had a good camp. So it was a matter of, okay, we want neighbors. We think this guy's a future blue for a long time. And Alexandrov who is good, but has been in the organization for a tiny bit longer but he, man, he is—he's a darling on this team. Um, 
I, I really see it really felt like from the comments from Baruby in the preseason that this is a guy that he wants on the roster. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but the thing that I'm thinking of heading into this uh, call up is what we saw from Alexei Toropchenko. Uh, Toropchenko stepped in last year and instantly looked like he belonged in the NHL, a great fourth liner. And maybe we see the same thing here with Alexandrov. Um, I, 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 again, this team's struggling. I don't think there's a whole lot you can do in terms of call-ups and, and sending guys down. But I think this is the right move here is to bring this kid up, give him a chance in the NHL. And again, I said this last week with the defense, with the Matt Kessel, with um, uh, Tyler Tucker, calling those kind of guys up, getting a motivated individual in there who might make a difference just because they are going to skate their ass off every minute they're on the ice. And uh, I think we might see that here with Alexandrov. So... You know where the problem started with this team? It was the game that Logan Brown got in the lineup. His first game <laughs> was true. in Winnipeg. That's true. And he's only had one game out. It was so, terrible. Um, he yeah, came in when Saad went down, though. Right. Right. So, I'm, you know, I'm picking on him because, you know, he, he became my designated, um, you know, Whipping red-headed boy. stepchild. Right. Yeah. So, um, I I like the move of bringing uh, bringing in um, Nikita Alexandrov. I I thought he had he had a really good camp. Scored a couple of really nice goals. He's really good hands in the slot, and you know he's he is a bigger body. Um, we're we're not getting into those hard areas as uh, Baruby likes to point out all the time. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to do that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't like the fact that Josh Levo didn't get a good shake at the beginning of the year. And they sent him down, and he went right back to lighting up the A. So let's, let's see what he can do. Give him consistent minutes, right? Don't make him play six minutes a night and say he's <clears throat> not earning it. Um, this team, at this point they're in such a bad way that you can't overplay the guys who are supposed to be your stars, right? The only guy on this team that in the top six on offense that I think has given anything close to what we're expecting is Braden Shen. Outside of that, play everybody even minutes, break it, you know, use that, right? Use that. You, you have, you have a rule, right? That everybody's going to play close to even minutes and not, and, and just stick to it and then let players play their way out of it. Right. Tell them you're not going to, we're not going to put you in every bad situation. We're not going to put you in every good situation. You've got to do what you've got to do. And, you know, it, hopefully that'll alleviate some of the stress on them. Give me a power play unit tomorrow night with, uh, Alexandrov and Levo on it. Seriously, yeah. why not? Yeah. It's not working any other way. Give it a shot. At the very least, you're getting some new blood in there, seeing what they can do. And, and clearly, they're power play guys down in the A. Um, and at the same time, you're alerting O'Reilly and Cairo, which we've talked about accountability with this team, not just those two, but a, a couple other guys. 
you don't belong on the power play the way you're playing right now. So you're not going to get the minutes. Let's give it to these guys who have worked their tails off in Springfield and see what they can do out there. Levo has made has played two games with the Thunderbirds this season. He's got three goals, one assist. Uh, also dressed in three games with the Blues. Uh, he joined the Blues at the, as a free agent on July 14th of this year. Uh, overall, Levo has 77 points, 38 goals, 39 assists, and 68 penalty minutes. Kurt, I love and that you purposely two... you sidestepped saying his his hometown, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, it's not important. It's not important. <laughs> Come on, Pierre Maguire. Believe, Come on. I, don't do I believe it's Innisfil. Innisfil. Innisfil, Ontario. Yeah, I also uh, sidestepped uh, the uh, Alexandrov's town. <laughs> Bergwedel. Bergwedel? 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 I don't know. Bergwedel? Uh, he has 77 points in uh, 68 penalty minutes and 217 crew NHL Games, you know. Uh, speaking of, okay, there was a comment, okay, from just Bob. I had it up earlier. Put it back up there about uh, the contract situation with the Blues. It's not just the no trade clauses; it's also the amount of and durations of many of the contracts that will make them hard to move. Maybe with some players, but others. Uh, Sean Gentile uh, of the Athletic, our friends over at the uh, Two Guys One Cup podcast, shared this today, and I saw that and it was interesting. Um, Sean Gentile says, "Were he to hit the market." talking about Pareko, uh, Armstrong's phone would be ringing. I'd be fine with him at that number for a few years, especially if I was gunning for a title. Worry about 2028 in 2028. So it was about Colton Pareko. So, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I actually think that number is fine for him, too. It's just yeah. that he's not a number one. No. Well, if I, you ha- people, if you people have are high the- around the league on Pareko. That uh, you if always you, hear about if that. If you have, if you have that, that, that what is he at six, <laughs> six, six point five? Is that what he's at? He's at. I got it right here. Uh, Perico is at six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. And I think for a number two defenseman, if you have a well-rounded roster and you've got the cap space, I think that's fine. I would deal with that, no problem. It's just. He's not a number one. We're playing him as a number one, and that's not where he belongs. But on a, a contending team that's looking for a solid number two defenseman, a guy to to play against the second and third lines, yeah, give me that all day. I'll take Colton Pareko. I think that's the general consent. I think that's the mindset generally when GMs sign these contracts too to players. They're like, well, we'll we'll you know we'll enjoy the first three, four, or five years of this contract, and we'll worry about the last two or three, you know, then because we want to win now, we want to do this now. Uh, this is what we have to do to get it done, so we'll do it. We'll worry about the the end of it later, because um, a lot can happen between now and then. I've said that before on show on this show a number of times. So, uh, and I think that's his mindset, you know, that they could they'll they're happy with that. So I think you know, um, but again, Preco has a no trade clause. So he'd have to waive it to uh, go anywhere. Which one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players have no trade clauses. Uh, Bushnevich has a modified no trade clause uh, where he can submit. I think it's like seven teams. Uh, I don't know, man. Again, oh, plus, I, plus Bennington, I, so I, one more. I will. I will stand by the fact that not signing Petrangelo to that contract, hundred percent, the right call, but. When you're still handing out no trade clauses like candy, 
is that really that much worse than handing out one no movement clause? I yeah, I mean I get it, but I mean the the argument is is that the no movement clause plus the signing bonus, the large signing bonus would have given Petrangelo a, a buyout proof contract, which Armstrong has never done. Uh and a lot of players most players don't get those. That's that's not exactly common. I mean, players have them, but it's not like a no trade clause. It's a lot different. You know, you, you combine an a no movement clause with a high signing bonus and you can't be bought out. So that's, and not that Armstrong's ever bought anyone out, but I think he wanted options um, in a case of emergency. And so Vegas, can I say, if they want to That's another move, thing that annoys me, it, that, that annoys us, that annoys <laughs> me, is, is how we celebrate, well, the Blues of, under Armstrong have never bought out a contract. And it's like, that's not something to celebrate. This team's had some pretty bad contracts well, that should have been bought out. I think if you if you rephrase that to we, we've never had a contract we, we've needed to buy out, that's different. But yeah, there I'll are contracts. There are contracts that probably like roster wise would have been better to have been bought out. I'll say uh, again, Marco Scandella, you buy out that contract, you yeah. resign David Perron, no problem. Yeah, I yeah, that's. That's true, but again, with the defense, you know, he was supposed to be uh, one of your def- one of your regulars this year. So, you're taking away from the defense to ma- we, we've discussed this to death. You know, taking away from the D to maintain a the deepest forward group in the NHL when your when right. your defensive group is weak. Even though Scandella is not that great of an asset, so you know, it's just like that's rough. That's a rough position to be in. You know, you're 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 letting a better player go to keep a lesser player, but you need that lesser player on your defense to actually help your defense a little bit because that's where you need help the most. That's right. rough. That's rough. Uh did this did we lose the Tage Thompson trade? Some folks think so. Uh we will discuss that <laughs> after a word from our friends at Center Ice Beery. Do you like hockey? Of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right. Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. It's funny. Lots of chatter about this trade again uh, with Thompson tearing it up. 16 points in 13 games for the Sabres, or the Sabres, right? Uh, Sabres. Sabres. Um, and O'Reilly struggling mightily to put up points. Two points in 11 games played for the Blues. And getting bumped down to the third line last game. So, this trade has been revisited recently on social media. Uh, you know, and it's funny because it seems like fans are searching for a reason and doing anything they can to try and say that the Blues lost this trade. <laughs> um, no matter – this this happened last year. You know, when Tej had a great year, got the big contract, and O'Reilly had a nice year, and it's, oh, well, Thompson's a pretty good player, turns out. I guess we lost the trade. And I'm like – why, why? Why is this argument? Why, why is this a discussion that needs to even be had? I don't understand. Can I just add more stupidity to this? Okay. Last night, 
Uh, Morgan Frost. Uh, oh, God damn it. Who was the other player uh, they picked with the I had it uh, in I the Shen know. trade? They both got points against the Blues last night. Faraby, Joel Faraby, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, they both got points against the Blues last night. I did see one or two people say on social media, oh, well, lost that trade. Really? Fucking really? Braden Shen, you unloaded a Yori Laterra contract? No. There is no... Again, Morgan Faraby... Or Morgan Faraby. Morgan Frost. Just say Faraby and Frost. <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Fairchild. <laughs> Morgan Fair, that's that was what was in my head. You're right. right. Morgan Street Brewery. Um, Morgan. <laughs> wow. The uh, there was a capital of St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, uh, those two could go on to be great, and and one of them could win a con Smythe for Philadelphia in a Stanley Cup win. The Blues still win that trade. They unloaded Yuri Laterra again. Let's look at what happened to Yuri Laterra after he left the Blues. Yeah. Oh. Cocaine charges. Guess what? He was a number one center here in St. Louis. They moved him and got a real number one or number two center in Braden Shen, who, by the way, is still playing really good hockey for the Blues. Played so, a key role in the cup win. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right. And and again, this is what draws back to O'Reilly. Um, O'Reilly could be traded tomorrow for a bag of pucks. And guess what? From a Blues perspective – they still won that trade. It's okay if both teams win a trade. That happens. Sometimes it happens. And guess what? The Blues will forever win that trade because they got a Stanley Cup in 2019 right after acquiring Ryan O'Reilly, who, by the way, also becomes their captain a couple of years later. Playoff right. MVP. Right. Conn Smythe Trophy Jeez. winner. There, there would be no trades in the NHL if trading was a zero-sum game. Trading is not a zero-sum game. You make a trade because you're trying to get better at a different point, right? You have different priorities. The Blues' priority was trying to load up for a winner. They unloaded a promising young talent that, you know, the Blues just don't – Blues don't have a good track record of developing internally. Robert Thomas being probably the best example of us doing good at that. But, uh, you know, it's it's a trade that, you know, you're you're willing to risk the, the long-term success of Tage Thompson to bring in Ryan O'Reilly to win a Stanley Cup. And that worked out, right? But now Tage Thompson's been in the league for four years and is – just having an amazing year, right? He's starting to hit his stride. So, yeah, it, it's not that one team won the trade, right? It's it's working out at different points for both. I, I mean, well, I, I, I think it's just natural, it's just natural to, for, for fans to say which team got the better of the trade. You know what I mean? Right. It's, right. it's a natural thing. Each, each team's fan right. base wants to say, well, we got the better end of this trade. I think I think it's, it's just natural that Buffalo's like, oh, because for years, Buffalo's like, man, we right. got fucked in right. that trade, right? Exactly, right? Buffalo is finally looking good, right? They they have a really, really good young team there. And Tage Thompson is, you know, kind of the surprise of that mix this year. So, yeah, let's give them their moment. Yeah, feel like you won the trade at this time. But you know what? We have a cup and you don't. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, and again, I've said this before, too, that if Thompson, again, same as Frost or Farabee, he goes and, and gets the Consumite, the Sabres win their first family, which, hey, by the way, I am rooting for. Those Sabres fans have been through what Blues fans went through for a long time. I hope they win a cup, and I hope Tage Thompson is a big part of it. But, again, the Sabres will look back at that and say, we won that trade. Good for you. So did the Blues because the Blues got a Stanley Cup right away. First in franchise history, Con Smythe winner in Ryan O'Reilly. How quickly we forget how important he was to that team. I, there's the Blues will never win, or the Blues will never lose that trade. No, no. doubt in mind, it, they will always be the winners of that trade. It doesn't matter if if Tage Thompson captains the Sabers to three Stanley Cups. It doesn't matter because the Blues made that trade to make a cup run, and it worked. And they got a cup yep. run that year with O'Reilly. That was, and he was the fucking MVP, Con Smythe. Yep. And I don't, I don't. I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Jeff. Great for them that uh, uh, Thompson is apparently finding his stride. You know, I mean, kind of need more than a season and a and a few games to. To stay to say that you know O'Reilly's had a pretty distinguished career, but uh, he's off to a, a nice uh, start in Buffalo. So, we'll, uh... yeah. And Jason Miller in the chat here says, "I'll entertain the idea the Blues lost that trade when Tage wins a Con Smythe." Absolutely not. Again, I'll say it again: Blues will never lose that trade. Yeah, because like, like they just said, they did what they, they wanted to... for yeah. a cup that season, and it worked. And it worked. Sure. I mean, you sometimes in a trade you you give up stuff in the future to accomplish something in the now, and they did that, and it worked. So it was that was a it was a victorious thing. Uh, I and I've seen I've seen some fans say, and and I think this is absolutely ludicrous that well they lost the Blues lost the trade because they could have sent them Cairo instead of Thompson. And uh, they decided to hold on to Cairo. Were you in on trade talks? Did Buffalo ask for Cairo <laughs> over Thompson? I don't think that was ever part of the discussion. I think it was again. I don't. I don't know for sure, but to assume what? the Blues could have sent Cairo instead, that has never been something I've seen from insiders or anyone within either organization. Would Ky- Would uh, the Calgary Flames? Uh, say you can have our Stanley Cup back from eighty was it six, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep Hall. Yeah, I mean they, they're taking the cup, right? That trade helped them win a cup. They they yeah. won a cup with the players they got from the Blues. So and, and of course the the of course the argument becomes, well maybe with Brett Hall they won a Stanley Cup. You don't know. Maybe you don't know. And maybe the Blues win the Cup in 2019 without O'Reilly. No. Maybe somebody else. Steps well, maybe, up. maybe. But, but yeah. and I agree with you. But I'm saying, I'm saying, you don't know. So to assume that the Flames win the Cup with Brett Hall, the Blues don't win the Cup without O'Reilly. Like, or the Blues do win the Cup without O'Reilly. Sorry, this isn't the multiverse. We don't have Doctor Strange bringing us through galaxies to show us what happened and what hasn't happened. Is there, we don't know. There's is there, no way of knowing. Is there any player in this league that you would like to have um, if and trade in the Cup in 19? 
I mean, you can make a trade. You, ask, you can ask that again. You can have our Stanley Cup, but we'll get this player. Is there a player in the league that you would you would do that over? Like take away all the experiences from the cup that never happened, but you can have this player. Any player you want. Would you do it? No. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't. Not no, McDavid. I take a Stanley Cup every damn day of the week. Yeah. Not McDavid. Right. You can give me. You can give me ten seasons of Connor McDavid scoring one hundred and thirty points, but no guarantee of a Stanley Cup. I'll take the guaranteed Stanley Cup. Would you take a Stanley Cup this season or McDavid for free at the end of the season? <laughs> uh, probably Stanley Cup. Yeah, right? I mean, you if take it's the guaranteed, cup. yeah, I'll take yeah, the well, cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it wouldn't be as fun if you knew. <laughs> that's, no. That's most of the deal. It's all surprising. But, but I mean, the, the basis of your point is is it's a Stanley correct. Cup. Stanley like, Cup trumps all. Do you yeah. take a Stanley Cup or do you take a lot of fun seasons? The fun seasons are great. Don't get me wrong. We had, had some great ones with Brett Hall. I was going to say. Al McGinnis, We've had the but, fun seasons. Yeah, I'll take the cup. But yeah. give me a Stanley Cup season every fucking time. This, and the seasons were great. I have, I mean, growing up, you know, I had some fantastic memories of Blues hockey and playoff games, no cups, sure. But, man, I, I, I'll never forget so many moments. It was fantastic. You know, they were great. But uh, I, I've had those, and I've had the cup, too, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I like the cup. In terms of live games, um, yeah, I mean, my favorite games of all time are still from the Pronger, McKinnis, Turgeon, Demetra era. Um, I didn't get to see a lot of wins when I went to the – uh, the Stanley Cup run games for the Blues. But, um, you know, in terms of, like, fun of a season, uh, yeah, give me 2019 because Did- when the Blues won the Cup that night, I will still say, and my wife hates when I say this, best night of my life. Sorry, Shay. Sorry, my boy. <laughs> but best night of my life, Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Bill, would you take yep. a cup this year or McDavid uh, for free in the offseason? Uh, cup this year. Yeah. I, I think most – I think most – most fans who've been around a while, you know, would say that. Um, I think if you're probably now does, Mc, now, now does McDavid win us ten cups? That kind of changes. Well, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe none. <laughs> so, you know? so no, that that's the thing, right? The, my calculus is McDavid doesn't stay here more than a year or two because, well, one, <laughs> we're not going to pay him, and two, it's you know, St. Louis is you know possibly worse than Edmonton uh, in in his mind as a destination to play. But I don't know. Um, I, I, I would, if I could replicate that feeling, any of those feelings, um, from the night, the, the blues won game seven, I, I will do that every time. Yep. Best feeling of my life. There you go. The moment when I looked up at the, again, at being at enterprise center and I looked up and I saw the, the clock counting down from, I'd say about 15 that was when like my body started shaking and I was, mm-hmm. I literally even thought in my head, this is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> like nothing will ever top this. This is the peak of Jeff Ponder's life. Like that moment, it will, I, I'll never be able to, even if the blues win the cup again, I'll never be able to relive that. And the only thing that will make it closer is if they win a second cup. Yeah. I, I think we said on the show, the next day that we did after they won the cup, I, I didn't know how to react. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. what I don't to know do. What to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it was, it was just, you know, you, you, you dreamed about 
that happening and you know, I had a long time to think about it. <laughs> um, but when it actually happened, I didn't know what to do or how to act. I was just like, I was just complete elation. You know, it was just weird. It just, I, I don't know. I told myself at second intermission, cause we were down in the concourse. We, <laughs> I was with a couple guy or a couple people that we were with and we were just loading up with the alcohol. Cause I'm like, this is, we're about to celebrate this. This is going to happen. And I remember telling myself, even saying it out loud, I'm like, I, I am going to get my phone out with about a minute left, and I'm I'm not going to focus. Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, I got to make sure I get this and get this and get this. I was like, I'm just going to hold my phone up and just act how I would normally act. And I'm so glad I did that because I got video. I mean, yes, it's a little choppy. It's a little crazy because we're jumping around. We're hugging strangers. But, like, being able to just, like, watch the video and see the elation from the crowd, everyone I'm around, like, again, I'll never be able to relive that. And so being able to, like, see it again and again and again, anytime I want to watch it on YouTube if I'm having a bad day, it's it's the best. Uh, up, next for, up, up next for the Blues, uh, the San Jose Sharks tomorrow. Um if the Blues can't stop the uh, snap the streak against the Sharks, I'm not sure when they're going to be able to snap it. Um, San Jose is only three points better than the Blues with three more games played. A Blues loss in this game would be horrific. Um, if it's not horrific already, I think if any moves come, uh, which I don't think they will. Or maybe yeah, fire Van Ryan. I want yesterday. But uh, yeah. I think if they lose to San Jose, let's call it. Let's say Van Ryan gets fired if they lose to San Jose. I mean, and if they lose in a like they did against Philadelphia, where it wasn't pretty at the end, um, I think uh, with games coming up against Vegas and Colorado, um, I can see where they might want to do something before those two games. That's just me. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and and you got to look at. I, I'll say I think the Blues play very well against Vegas, at the exception of the last game Bill went to, <laughs> but um, <laughs> before well before Thursday. But right. they usually play very well against Vegas. So that might – I wouldn't be surprised, even though Vegas is on quite the run right now. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the one that breaks the streak just because for whatever reason they match up well with Vegas. But I'm with you, Kurt. They they have to win tomorrow. If they lose against San Jose, which is – have to get the ball rolling against San Jose. Because San Jose is arguably worse than the Blues, right? No. <laughs> Arguably, <laughs> well, my, my gut eight in a feeling. Row, eight, okay, eight in a row. I get it, but still. Yeah, my gut feeling about tomorrow night is Eric Carlson scores a hat trick on three consecutive breakaways. <laughs> Eric I I still I still say Blues win in a in a walk. It's that's that guarantee. I guarantee you. And you know what? Why why do I have to drink something to, if I guarantee Eric Messier didn't have to drink a gallon of chocolate milk when he guaranteed a game six victory. Or game seven victory. Eric was. Messier. I'm sorry, Did Martin you say Messier. Eric. Messier? Why did I say Eric Messier? I was thinking Eric Lindros. Eric, Eric Messier is a shitty. I think he's a shitty forward defenseman. Isn't he? <laughs> I was thinking Eric, Eric Lindros. Messier, Colorado. Mark right. Messier. Yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I was. Why was I thinking Eric Lindros in my head? Yeah. Because said, of that. Yeah, maybe it was. Right it was yeah, it probably was. You That's showed me why. That. That's why it was. You showed me Eric Lindros, rookie guard. Why do you have to drink something, Kurt? Because you can't make a claim like that without having repercussions. Mark Messi didn't have to drink a gallon of chocolate milk if he lost. 
You're not Mark Messier. I'm did. sorry. I'm, well, I, I'm the podcast Mark Messier. You no, you are not, <laughs> sir. Very close. Very close. That is uh, my that point. Is, stands. I don't. Who, so what? Is, Mark Messier can make Joe a Joe Rogan. That's not Joe even Rogan. Right. No thanks. No. 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 Uh, man, who has a good podcast outside of us? Not many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you know. Uh, that off. <laughs> uh, was it Shameless? Not Shameless. Um, Smartless. That's a good podcast with Will Arnett Time's and up. Jason Bateman. Huh? Time suck. You ever heard of the Time Suck podcast? Uh, you told me about it. I have not checked it out. That's a great one. Smartless uh, has had Brendan Shanahan um... and uh, Gretzky on too. Uh, Dan Cummins. Dan Cummins. Is there anyone who's interested in history, which uh, I want to say Ken Morris, you've said before you are. Uh, the Time Suck podcast from Dan Cummins is great. It's a comedian, basically, who learns about a historical event and then tells it in a very comedic way. So there's some really good episodes in there. But anyway, uh, no. I'll. You know what? I'll say it. Uh, Dan C- Andy Strickland. <laughs> He's the Mark Messier of podcasts. Hmm. No, I won't say that either. Sorry, Andy, we love you, friend of the show. But no, you're it's not. Mark me. It's me. It's me. Let's have move on. Let's move on. You have to have repercussions. No, I don't. I don't. Like no, that. I don't. Yes, you do. No. When Grand Fuhrer guaranteed uh, a shutout in Game Seven, if he had you're lost, not Grand Fuhrer. It's a guarantee. What's the difference? <laughs> Messi, okay, Messi should have used the chocolate milk first. Yes, he should have. Jim Schoenfeld. What about his guarantee, huh? Yeah. What, what did he, he had Did he have to drink chocolate milk? No. No, he, had, he was fired. Are you saying you should be fired from Let's Go Blues Radio? Mm, but nothing's on the line for us. That was his job. <laughs> now, if it, now, if it were like, I guarantee this podcast gets a thousand listens in the next four days, you know, then uh, if I was, if I had a boss, then they could fire me. Okay, how about something a lot simpler? Tell you what. Uh, okay, all right, I, I got it. If it's if good enough for Eric Messier, lose. it's good enough for me. If, if <laughs> <Eric> <laughs> <Messier>. <laughs> now we got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> all right, here's what it is: if you lose, or if the Blues lose, <laughs> you have to wear a dunce cap next episode. How about that? I don't have one. I can make one. I have one. <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> I will bring it to you. <laughs> a dunce cap. For like the whole show or just like for the first second? Whole show. First second. Oh, whole show. Whole show. All right. Okay. All right. All right. How about? Yes. Yeah. The whole show. Okay. All right. Is it comfortable? It is. <laughs> it's basically a cone hat. Yes. Okay. It's, it's fine. You won't right. even notice it after a while. We're winning tomorrow. It doesn't matter. We're winning okay. tomorrow. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Right. If you're that confident, you shouldn't care. I mean, yeah. I just, yeah, it's fine. Weird. Bill, you cool it's weird. That? It's weird. It's fine. Kurt wearing um, a dunce cap. <laughs> yeah. I I will say, if Eric Carlskin. Eric Carlskin? Carlskin. <laughs> Jim Dickskin. Eric Carlskin makes my skin crawl. Yeah, Is it a hand pass porno. this game? Any hand passes? Yeah, if, if Eric Carlson scores a natural hat trick tomorrow night, drink the chocolate milk for me. Me? This is your thing. (laughs) How about you drink it and I'll wear the dunce cap? (laughs) No, because I called it. You're calling Blues win, and I'm calling Eric Carlson 
Tell yeah, you what, I will, I will gladly, I will gladly drink the chocolate milk. A I gallon? love chocolate milk. I do too. I love chocolate milk. Like vitamin D, or we're talking like one percent here. What's the big difference? Fair life. Vitamin D is like Ooh. like thick. Oh, that's yeah. Or like uh, Oberweiss. See, Ooh. like the glass bottle, two glass mm-hmm. bottles. <sighs> See. See, you go down this road of like commit. you got to do commit. something. You guaranteed it. Well, I'm just saying we can't sit here and make guarantees on this podcast. Sure, we can just have nothing happen. Sure, if it doesn't happen. What's the Tommy Boy line? You can stamp guaranteed on a box, and or I can shit in a box and stamp guaranteed. What? Where he says? Tommy Boy, the movie. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. I know one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, it's something about guaranteed about something about being guaranteed doesn't mean anything. Wait, it's, it's just a it word. Has to be the- it's just a word. It has to be the but- it has to be the butcher's ass. You can st- it has to be his ass. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm sure someone's someone's listening to the podcast, yelling the quote into the <laughs> into the speaker, saying, "You idiot! It's this." <laughs> you looking it up? Uh, I will. I will find it. Yeah, hang on. I could look it. in a butcher's ass and stamp it guaranteed or something. <laughs> it's, it's because something. they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> so guaranteed doesn't mean anything. It's just a, I'm very confident. <laughs> well, I think on this show, if we're going to make guarantees. We have to have repercussions if we don't. It makes the show more fun. Okay. Come on. All right. Fine. A little hokey, right, but okay. That's gap it is. All right, don't scap. And weird. I'll drink chocolate milk in your place. That's weird. Like a whole gallon of it? I'll try. Why oh not? Oh, my God. That's how confident I am that you are right. You've Kurt. seen people try and drink a gallon of milk, and they it's like can't, you can't do it. It's impossible. I'm going to have to get up and piss a couple times. What I'm saying is, is that you're going to you, make you can't. I don't think you can do it. You can't drink it in one sitting. In a two-hour show? You don't uh, think we can do that in two hours? I don't know how long. It, I don't know. I don't think so. How long? All right. How Kurt. long do they usually give right, people? Kurt, we got. We have got comment of the show. Jason Miller, maybe Kurt, <laughs> shit in a box and market guarantee. My comment is go. basically a shit go. in a box. You shit in a box and market is guaranteed. Nobody and send it to the Teal Town guys. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> There's my guarantee. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He never joined the show, did he? Never commented. Ah, uh, Eric. Puck guy fourteen. Two bears, one cave. Um, so we're we're getting to the end of the show here. So um, it's not in our notes. <laughs> exactly, Matt Harris. Yes, thank you. When you drink a gallon of milk, <laughs> pissing isn't the way the milk comes out. <laughs> you throw it up. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's exactly well, right. It also comes out otherwise. Yeah, uh, that's. I'm not. Um, I'm not gonna. I love. I love milk. I love chocolate milk. I am not going to try and drink a gallon of it. No, thank you. All right, we are getting to the end of the show here. Uh, Rapid-fire hockey tidbits from on the NHL. It's actually not in our notes here, but I do think it is worth us commenting on the Boston Bruins fiasco from the last week. Uh, Oh, oh. whoo. What a shit show. Do you guys think that we're going to see somebody fired here because of, of all the Mitchell Miller stuff? Oh. Um, Well, didn't they say uh, Sweeney was maybe going to get fired? They've said it's possible, but we I, haven't somebody, seen anything. Official. I know, I know, but somebody was like rumored to saying that. I don't know where that came from. I mean, somebody, if he's not getting, if he hasn't been fired now, I mean, yeah, 
do we know. know he will be? I mean, they cut ties with with the guy, so it's like, I mean, it was a mistake. They saw the bad PR. Massive they, mistake. Yeah. It took and public they got, pressure. They got called out by their own players. And now, yeah, yeah. and now the the latest is the NHLPA is probably going to file a grievance for cutting ties with uh, because they can't they they can't do that apparently or something. Well, they don't. Uh, the the rumor is they don't have probable cause to terminate his right, contract. Right, and that they've the, already signed him to. Right, right. So they, which honestly, so they can't get honestly, they might have a case. But the issue is the NHL and the AHL are like, sorry, he can't play here. Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> like, I mean, what a shit show! Yeah, Why yeah. even make that risk and sign this kid? I could see if you're a struggling team that wants to maybe sign somebody that could step in and help you, even regardless of the the baggage that comes with him. If the NHL even lets him play, that's such a such a shit show. They didn't even do the research, but 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 the Bruins are playing great. Why would they even bother to? What's the point of this? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and it it I mean, listen, we we really don't need to speak to the character of this kid. If you're listening to the show, chances are you know the stories, everything we've heard. The guy's a shit human being. Um He harassed would, a guy for just, it was a racist thing for years, years, years. Racist and a dis- disabled kid. Yeah. For for right. years, um, like a long years. time. Years. Bullied him for years. And, and apparently and and one of the things that I read was that apparently this kid uh, Mitchell uh, Miller, his name is. Apparently, he um, said that, like, in order to make amends, he even started like volunteering with this special needs hockey program. And the the uh, after the contract was signed, the program came out and said, "Yeah, this kid never like what this never happened. Like, he never worked with us." And it's like all the Bruins kept saying was they did their due diligence and like checking up on this kid and making sure he's made amends. You didn't call this organization and check that out to be sure you just took his word for it. What are you doing? Well, and then not even to mention the, the, the apology what was it over an Instagram post. It wasn't, even, made it, wasn't even, it wasn't even an apology. Was it? I didn't think it was an apology. He never said he was sorry. Did he? I don't think so. I don't think so. I didn't read it. I, don't I, I heard. So. I heard it was a really shitty apology if it if it was one. And and apparently, actually, I think it was an Instagram DM where he sent is it either the parents or the kid, and it was just like, hey, yeah, you know, so this happened, and I'm sorry. And it's like you're gonna do this over Instagram, really? Like you're not gonna go to this kid's house, talk to his family, tell him I'm I want to make amends with you guys. What can I do to help? Like none of that was done. And the Bruins said. Oh, he's worked his way through it. He's he's done this. He's done that. None of it was true. And it's like, how do you go about signing a kid like this without making sure that it's the right call for your organization? Terrible, terrible management by the Bruins. I was trying to find the uh, the apology if it was posted anywhere. All right. The that uh, has got to be by far the most tone deaf move in the last five years. Well, m- maybe not. It, it's it's up there. Logan Mayu, Montreal Canadiens. It's another bad signing. You know, Kurt, it, look at the screen. Look who's in the chat. A shitty apology that had nothing to do with hockey. Hey, Puck at fourteen. Uh, yeah, right. 
So well, uh, Puck Guy fourteen, we bring you up because we were just talking about tomorrow night. Kurt has made a claim the Blues will uh, basically shit kick the Sharks, <laughs> and um, the 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 deal is that if he does not, if the Blues don't win, he has to wear a dunce cap in our next episode. So now you know, so yeah. you can hold us accountable. We we actually I actually joked on Twitter with uh, Eric about uh, that neither one of us is confident in our team winning. Uh, actually, so it's uh, it's like well, we should have a bet with the shows that uh, we bet that they win and they bet that we win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yes, um, I did. Yeah, I did say. Is. Well, my 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 logic is, and and if Eric didn't know, I was that the Blues have had such a hard time scoring goals recently that I think one of these games they're going to just bust out, and I think it's against. Okay, fourteen, bring it, go Blues. <laughs> 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 uh, um, but no matt harris here in the chat uh if you haven't read the statement from the victim of the bullying go read it uh it's heartbreaking yeah it is i um i'll admit i as a parent of a child with special needs i i've actually tried it, it, and maybe this is bad of me i've tried to like not get too involved in that because it makes me so damn emotional and it, it and i just don't want to feel that way because i i just feel so bad for this this victim's parents and for the victim obviously as well and so it's it's hard for me to even like talk about it's rough and i just know that this was a bad call from the start the bruins did not do the work they need to do before checking this out and the fact that the nhl right pretty much right away said yeah this kid's not eligible to play in the nhl so i don't know what you want us to do and then the AHL kind of jumped on board too. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's not eligible to play here either. You don't, you're not gonna check with the leagues and say we're gonna sign this kid who is a big, big, big hot topic here in in hockey and in hockey circles. You're not gonna check with the leagues first and say we just want to make sure we're good before we sign this kid. They clearly but- didn't do that either. Just a terrible. Terrible management by the Boston Bruins. I I agree, and I think um, with all of that said, um, at least the Bruins are trying to make things better by apologizing profusely um, to everyone. Um, so at least there is that. I, I think that I agree with you completely, but I think, and but since then the Bruins have come out and they've said a number of times they're sorry they made a mistake. You know they didn't. Apparently they said they didn't have all the information, which whatever you know. But uh, at least they are. They do seem either very sorry for whatever reason they're very sorry. If it was because they of uh, the bad PR, or if it was because they got caught when they thought they could away with something, whatever. Uh, or if they're truly sorry, whatever it is, at least they are apologizing. They're not truly sorry, and that's kind of my opinion well, on it. I, I hate to be that way. They're they're sorry because of the bad PR, hundred percent. Maybe there's no doubt in my mind. Maybe. I, they said it was because of new information they they have that they decided to part ways. It wasn't. It wouldn't have been new information if they had done their homework before actually signing the kid. I understand, but I'm just saying at least now at this point they are saying the right things. Yeah, I mean they are now. Yes, but I think it's gonna. I think heads are gonna roll because of of them not doing their due diligence before signing the kid, and I think it's one hundred percent justified. Maybe who like who? 
The GM? GM, president. I know Cam Neely's involved. Don Sweeney's involved. Yeah. I think I think you're going to see you're going to see at least one of those guys gone uh, probably by the end of the month, just because. And especially if this team goes on a skid, which right now it's not looking like they will. But if they go on a skid, it'll be real easy. Yeah. Just be like, okay, we're well, going to let this guy go now. If they if they investigate it, and if it is, they find, oh wow, they did know what they said they didn't. Well, and I don't even then, think yeah, it's, I, get, I, I don't I don't think it's something that they knew. I don't think any of it. I think it really was new information for them. I just don't think they w- put the work behind checking to make sure this was going to be a good signing for them. Oh, either way, either way. I mean, if if, if that's the case, then I I think that they thought I don't know. The you dust know, has settled on this kid. The the Coyotes moved on from him. We can get away with signing this top prospect. And I just – I don't think they really put the work in to make sure, first of all, that the leagues would even let him play. And second of all, that they that he actually made amends with the family, that he's done work to improve himself and to make himself a better person. I think they just talked to him, and they were like, okay, yeah, look at all the stuff he's done. Great, which sounds great, but you got to – gotta check and make sure he's not just feeding you a line uh, jason miller says i don't know if their great start continues and they're on fire i don't think they can anyone i can see that happening too if they're playing really well they're not they, they might not want to mess with that so i don't know i mean i could totally see it going either way and neither way would surprise me you know based on the atmosphere that has surrounded the nhl in recent years for various bad pr things um, it wouldn't surprise me the least if the Boston Bruins do nothing, um, aside from apologize. Or it wouldn't surprise me if uh, a couple guys get fired. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm curious to see what happens, but uh, it would not shock me either way. I don't see Cam Neely losing his job over it, yeah. but Don Sweeney possibly. GM there has been, you know, he he's done a great job um, up until this move um you know but i i think that you know that the gm role would be expendable so you guys think that when um when it was announced he couldn't play in the nhl cam neely threw a water bottle across the press box did he throw it at jordan bennington <clears throat> or nazim kadri nazim kadri yeah, mean, good who, who do you throw the was there someone directed at the, the water bottle was directed at that's the question. At Don Sweeney. At Don Sweeney. <laughs> yeah, I was at Don Sweeney. Yeah. Someone needs to make a uh, a little short video or a gif of uh, Neely throwing a water bottle at Kadri. Be kind of funny. Splice some two videos together. Uh, and real quick, Evander Kane's wrist injury. I don't know how many of you saw it mm. or heard about it, but uh, uh, so ugly, so ugly. Yeah, Patrick Maroon uh, in the game last night. Um, inadvertently slit Kane's wrist with his skate when uh, Kane was down on the ice. Uh, Maroon came by and uh, kind of picked his skate up around, and it just slit. You could see it. Uh, and mm-hmm. instantly there was a big pool of red blood on the ice, and he jumped up and, and screaming as he holds his wrist. His, he knew he knew he was sliced bad, and he was losing blood mm-hmm. at, a, at a crazy rate. Uh, right. Slice an artery. And- Right, and you called it right the the dark blood. Yep. Right that that was that was an artery, and yeah, yeah. just so and much today. 
today they announced he's out three to four months. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yep. so that's that's for sure a a massive cut. Hopefully, it wasn't a you know, hopefully, you know, it's not something that's going to completely derail his career. But man, that he's, he's somebody. I mean, who that happened to um, a few years ago? Um, happened to someone, and his his career was never the same. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Uh, I, I mean, you can say what you want about Vander Kane, uh, but you hate to see he's, this. You right. hate to see he's, stuff like this. He's done a good job of just focusing on hockey since he's been in Edmonton. <laughs> Flying and, below and the radar, having, yeah. Right, and he's he's done the right things, and you never want to see that, right? Yeah. You know, we 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 think back to Clint Malarchuk and Steve Tuttle, and oh. you know, I think back to Richard Zednick. And when he played for Montreal and he got kicked in the throat. Yes. It's it like you said, it's amazing there aren't more injuries like this around yeah, the league. Because skateboards is I mean it's so sharp and you would think you would think that would happen a little more. Um right. thank God it doesn't. I know uh didn't something like that happen or were you on the ice? Uh, Jeff tells me about my cousin yeah. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, in, in Cahokia. Somebody yeah, had their wrist was... sliced with a with a blade uh, really bad. Right. Yeah, it was our it was our captain, uh, Chris Kirk, who's uh, also the I, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we when I pulled out my uh, stat book um, <laughs> from that that season. Um, he uh, he was the quarterback for Kogi High yeah. School, and he, he, he yeah it was uh, someone I stepped on football it. Football season yeah football season was still going on. We were playing in um, we were playing Springfield. Um, they came down and, um, yeah, it was, uh, I think it might, whenever they came down, we would play them back to back games cause you know, that's a long trip. So you get two games against them. And I think it was probably in the second game. Um, and some, something happened and Chris, you know, went down at our blue line and big rangy defenseman. I, I remember him. He, uh, he wore one of those ugly Cooper helmets with the, the bubble mask and <laughs> oh, he no. yeah for whatever reason like he he saw he saw chris go down and he and it was just he jumped but he didn't jump high enough oh, and it just he jumped mm. up enough and it went right across it probably an inch from from hitting you know the suicide artery Yikes. It, it was it was really really bad um and yeah um your cousin um at cousin jeff yeah, yeah. Uh, who showed his up jersey earlier. right his jersey was used yeah, as a tourniquet it was it was it was his jersey yeah. and that that is when i learned that hydro, hydrogen peroxide is what you use when you're trying to clean blood out of clothes oh <laughs> oh there you go Good to know. Yeah, I um, I had a situation. It was probably about two years ago now, in, in one of my hockey games, where it was I I had gone down to the corner and there was a guy who would come in, bump me, knock me down. Another guy comes in and he was coming in a little too hard, and it was like right as I was going down, and I heard him yell, "Oh shit!" And I like turned my head and I see him coming, and he jumps up, and I'm like, "This guy is about to cut me open," and he did. He landed right on the uh what are the, the bicep guard of my shoulder pads mm-hmm. or my um my elbow pads and i mean if it had been an inch uh more on the inside of my arm he would have cut my bicep open i mean Oof. and i would have been mm-hmm. bleeding all over the place and he mm-hmm. i mean he instantly cuz he came down hard and and there's still a mark 
on my elbow pads where you can see where that skate came in and cut the padding. And I mean, instantly the referee blew the whistle and he comes over, he grabs the other guy and he's like, give him room, give him room. And, and I look up and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm lucky. I'm good. And the other guy, well, like, he's like, dude, I, I don't know if I can play the rest of this game. Like, he's like, I thought I'd just cut your arm open. And I'm like, see ya. Luckily, you didn't. Luckily, you hit my pad. I'm like, had I had my arm turned a little bit, this would have been a different situation. But it's, I mean, shit, it's scary. I mean, I, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. You say it doesn't happen more. Yeah. I'm surprised it happened more in men's leagues, like beginner yeah, right. leagues. Yep. Like, how does it not happen more often? Guys falling more well, often, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do think part of that is that, you know, I, I think the risk is higher in the NHL because they they sharpen their skates between periods, sometimes oh, during yeah. periods, right? Men's league, uh, you might sharpen your uh, skates two, three times a year, yeah. right? <laughs> right? If you're really dedicated weekly. Right. And have access to a yeah, and, machine, I guess. And as you guys said, like, um, to, to just reiterate your point about Evander Kane, I hate the guy... I hate Nazem Kadri, you know, like Nazem Kadri is probably my least favorite player in the NHL. And I would never wish this on him. Like this is, this is awful. Like you'd never want to see this with anybody. And so to see it with a guy and and I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's recovering, but man, that is so scary. You know, again, we always think of the Clint Malarchuk moment where, I mean, even he just, I, I remember as a kid, my dad showing me, and this was probably a couple years after it happened. My dad showed the clip because he had it on VHS. And I remember just the announcer going, get this off the screen, please, please mm-hmm. switch the camera. Yep. And I remember just hearing those terms and just thinking like people are at like people at the arena, like the players, the fans, the coaches, you can't turn off the camera. Like, you have to watch what's unfolding. You and know, that is right. the scariest moment in a hockey game. You know the you know the story where if he was on the other end of the ice, right, he would have died. died because that was the farther end from the from the mm-hmm. open with Zamboni door. So they could they couldn't have got to him as fast. And uh, the the trainer for the Sabres reached into his throat into the cut and pinched off the artery with his fingers. To slow the bleeding, to that saved his life. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it is a crazy story. And he Ken shot Morris, himself in the face played... <laughs> years later. <laughs> yes, he did. Ken Morris, who has never played in the NHL, says, "I used to get my skate sharpened every two weeks." I mean, that's, that's listen. Dedication. I get mine sharpened. I get mine sharpened maybe twice a season, and they're pretty goddamn sharp still. Like I haven't gotten them sharpened in. I mean, I can go grab them right now, but I mean, they're probably, it's probably been maybe oh, about two months and they're still pretty goddamn sharp. Some guys don't like them know? extra sharp. Some guys like them a little worn down a little bit. Do you guys know how often Pavel Dimitra used to sharpen his skates? Once a season. Once a season. Yeah. Yep. That blows my fucking mind. I, I play men's well, league, so I'm on the ice at best twice a week. I can't imagine going the whole season without sharpening my skates at least one time. That's crazy. Yeah. As a goalie, I I would get them sharpened at the beginning of the season, and that was it. I I liked yeah, I like liked sure. ha- right having having the dull edge and yeah. you know 
it's and that's you know if i if i ever get the time to actually get back into the game that's going to be the hardest adjustment those those skates i bought are completely different than what i wore as a kid all right we are blue past our normal window let's wrap it up uh under yeah, quit already he, he did he went to the bathroom and everything when we were talking um, oh, uh, what did uh, Puckeye 14 say? He said, uh, suck hard for Bedard. Uh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so I went I went to show you guys, like, just exactly how. I mean, like I said, it's probably been two months. That's still that's still pretty sharp. Show me your That's straight... still pretty goddamn sharp. Do the fingernail thing. What the... fingernail thing? You, Where you, you cut s- your fingernail. You scrape the, you shave the, your fingernail to show how sharp the blade is. I mean, I really don't want to do that. My fingernails are already pretty small. You know, you know what I mean. You take you take the blade vertical and you just kind of shave it like this to kind of just shave the down down the length of the fingernail. No, no, oh, no! Cut yourself. No, you dummy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Not that. Shot, Jeff. You just you okay? Like you're shaving ice? No. Like you're shaving not ice? Not doing it. Okay. Like this? No, not like that. No, down vertically, down the edge of it. Like here's the blade, like this. I'm not gonna do that. It's. <laughs> I don't want to cut myself. You, that's how you hurt. test how sharp. Stop a... trying to make me t- cut myself. No, that's how you. That's how you see how sharp a. That's how I used to do it. It's sharp enough. <laughs> All right. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIdealLife.com and by CenterIceBrewery.com. And by strikewithmike.com. That'll wrap up episode 7 of season 11 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook Live chats during the show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, it's going to be a blowout tomorrow. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. Let's not lose. Holy shit, let's win a goddamn game. <laughs> Let's go Carlson natural hat trick. Oh, no. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win, they'll always get one more, no matter what the score, they are quite a hockey team, my friend.